Um, so today on the menu is a guest presentation by Gene Hart, who is uh, um, very well studied and practiced when it comes to uh, astral projection. Astral projection is a very hot topic these days in occult circles, um, on Twitter, even TikTok and all that. Um, you know, it's as popular as it is uh, interesting, as it is misrepresented. So um, I guess what we're looking to, to do today is uh, dive deeper into uh, the facts um, of what is astral projection, um, you know, how can you do it, and, and all the good stuff. Well, Gene uh, can do it much more justice than I can in this weird little intro, so let's just cut to uh, the chase. Gene, uh, thank you very much for coming. Um, yeah, if you want, guys, show him some love with some emojis, you know. Um, uh, let's throw some, some flowers at him or some hearts. Thanks for showing up. Um, if you're ready, <laughs> Gene, uh, then I guess I am too and everybody else is too. So, um, yep, already. Cool. Let me just grab a position. Uh, stream is rolling. We've got about 13 viewers right now, um, a little over. Oh, great. Um, so yeah, let's have fun. Uh, enjoy everybody, and thanks again, Gene, for for being here. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I would clap. I would give applause, but you know, uh, PC <laughs> user. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was just checking out uh, YouTube. People in there as well. Okay. Let me let me uh, sort out this laser pointer. I keep. Dropping it. Yeah, I'm not in. I don't have a VR set, so. Yeah, that's alright. Okay. If you need help with it, just cool. Let me know. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Welcome everyone. Watch out for my eyes. <laughs> and you can uh, you can click it once. To oh yeah. Toggle I it get on. to yeah. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. One more thing. I, I do uh, yeah. hear some echoes in the crowd. Is, Guys, is make the sure that your mic be is flashing. Make sure your mic is absolutely muted. All right. Right. Mine is. Yeah. The screen flashing for me too. Black and white. Yeah, it's just kind of black, and it's a little polygon. Well, yeah, if it's the case for you might be a Quest user, I, I do apologize. Something might have gone wrong technically, but you can still follow the, mm -hmm. uh, the event on YouTube. Uh, you can find a link in the Discord okay. or on our uh, YouTube channel. I do apologize. Um, I don't have a Quest, so I can test these things always. Um, but yeah, let's, let's carry on. Yeah, it might be seven out to watch it on so, YouTube. So uh, yeah, please do keep uh, your mics muted until like um, question times, guys. Um, let's uh, let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, welcome everyone. Thanks for joining. Uh, excited to be here. So many people in this virtual space. Uh, it's kind of like a a lower digitalized version of the astral. <laughs> uh, and everyone's chosen avatars that look like themselves in physical life, right? We have, I totally did. We have two frogs. <laughs> <laughs> we have very, we have a penguin. What is this? Okay. Anyway. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for Tarot for being so helpful. Uh, you'll have to bear with me if there is any technical issues or something. I'm very new to VR chat. Uh, but I'm sure it will be fine. Okay, so where to begin? Astral projection, exciting and interesting, right? Not so exciting when it's coming from someone who's like a conspiracy theorist or sensationalist or something, right? Uh, if you want to get to know it properly, 
you need to speak to someone who has done the work to get there. Uh, in reality, it's a tremendous discipline for those who are determined to do it. Uh, but at the same time, it's extremely simple to do. Uh, the only thing that makes it hard is our own minds because we've been raised in society to think that any new skill has to be attained from much suffering and that we're not good enough until we put in that work. And so we find methods and systems in order to work towards that goal. But really the method is just our subconscious way of putting it off until you feel worthy enough. And actually deep down, we're just putting off the fact that we're afraid to do it, to leave the body. Uh, okay, let me... Oh, yes. If you need help with the slides, Gene, let me know. I can flip them for you as well. Okay. Uh, can you still hear me? Yep. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. Okay, so to give a very short introduction of myself and how I got to this point, uh, when I was 18, I dropped out of university to study computer science. Uh, basically, I was depressed, lost, and didn't know where I was going in life. And with that existential crisis, I discovered lucid dreaming. And I went on to have hundreds of lucid dreams, but eventually... I also found no satisfaction in that either because I asked myself, what is the point of uh, existence if all that experience is within my mind, right? When we dream, we just experience our own little world. And it's exactly the same for when we're awake in the physical too. We're always just in our own world of what we know. The mind always clings onto the known what we learn, uh, but, for, but for us to discover the unknown, it has to let go of that clinging. And so eventually I found meditation and through this I found astral projection and learned how to go beyond dreaming, hence the name of my book. And through this, you know, you can venture into dimensions of consciousness which are absolutely nothing like the hundreds of lucid dreams I had beforehand. So this affected the way I understand life and death in profound ways. And I continued to have eye-opening experiences, not just in the non-physical, but also in the physical. I continued to practice while also going back to university and studying philosophy this time uh, and completed my dissertation on lucid dreaming. I also became a member of a Gnostic group for several years where I learned a lot of esoteric wisdom. Uh, so 11 years later, here I am uh, with a bunch of experiences gathered uh, and I still feel that I'm only scratching at the surface of what this is all about. So I'm not really a guru or a teacher or an awakened one, right? Uh, I'm just a person sharing my mind and my experiences. I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. You make up your own mind about what you hear today. Uh, and out of those 11 years, I only became public about six months ago amidst the pandemic when I visited the Astral Projection subreddit and realized there are hundreds of people who are terribly misguided and misinformed with this whole topic. And so I got involved on there 
uh, one thing led to another. I wrote a book and now I have a YouTube, as you can see on the screen. And after the success of this book, uh, I also have two more books being planned as we speak. And it's been great given my experience and what I have to share on this because we're really pushing for new paradigms of thinking and awareness when it comes to this topic on quite a radical scale. So we can bring about a real change in the world by changing ourselves. You know, astral projection is not just some separate theory or hobby. It's integral to absolutely everything in life. Uh, you name it, science, religion, politics, esotericism, even down to mundane things such as when the next episode of your favorite show is coming out or what clothes you should wear to work, uh, how much money you make or your level of popularity with friends or whatever. The astral plane is integral to everything. It's a kind of building block to our lives individually, collectively, spiritually and materially. I know some of you will uh, kind of know what I'm going on about here vaguely. Uh, some of you uh, probably don't at all, but, you know, let's go deeper into it. Uh, so, and here's the book on Amazon. Uh, just search it on there in your own time if you'd like to read more about it, including all the reviews to get a better idea of what it's all about. Okay, so uh, before I delve deeper, let's see what kind of gathering we have here. Uh, let's save questions for after because I'm going to talk for about an hour and it may hold answers for you already uh, or help you formulate more specific questions for the Q&A that we'll have afterwards. Uh, the Q&A can last anywhere from 30 minutes to, uh, you know, maybe up to two hours, depending on um, my stamina and you know your questions as well so yes uh so who here is entirely new to the topic of astral projection uh i guess if you don't have a vr set you can just nod your head up and down jump uh, with your emojis you know uh, <laughs> be creative oh yeah <laughs> i see a couple okay there. all right yeah. Um, okay, so who here feels like they know quite a bit about it? So is this, did you say who's new? Yeah, who's new, entirely new to astral projection. Okay, and who, who here thinks they know quite a bit about it? Okay, great. Uh, who here has already experienced astral projection? A few days. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, you know, and in other words, an out-of-body experience. They're the same thing, essentially, right? Okay. Uh, who here has had a lucid dream? Okay. Uh, a bit more, I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, just to check, does everyone know what a lucid dream is? Is there... Okay. Don't be afraid to say no. Uh, does anyone... Okay, that's fine. Does anyone not know? I, I, I would assume everyone usually does uh, because it's a conventionally accepted fact nowadays. But if you don't, it means being in a dream and at the same time being aware that you're in the dream, giving you the freedom to do 
whatever you want. Uh, you know, your imagination is your only limit. So imagine this is a dream now uh, and you can just do whatever you want, right? Okay, so who here thinks astral projection and lucid dreaming are the same thing? Okay, no one. Uh, who here thinks they're not the same at all? Okay, great. Uh, who who has no idea at all? <laughs> okay. okay. So I think only one or two of you said you've experienced astral projection. Um, not a lot of you gave an opinion about the last question, which is good because, you know, if we're serious about pursuing astral projection, you know, uh, the ones who said they have no idea at all are probably closer to experiencing it than those who gave an opinion on what they think astral projection is. Which uh, brings us to our first point. What astral projection is not, and what it is not, is not what we think. You follow? It is not what we think. This means astral projection does not happen according to, or within the realms of, belief, thoughts, imagination, visualization, hallucinations, uh, unconscious or subconscious dreaming, psychedelic experiences, uh, scientific deduction, uh, religion, occultism, or, you know, even just general spirituality. No, in its core essence, in its purity, it is absolutely none of that. It doesn't matter whether you love science or you love spirituality or you love occultism. In purely practical terms, you need to forget all that. Because when we talk about astral projection, we are talking, uh, we're not talking about an idea. We're talking about life itself, right? A dimension or mode of consciousness which is present in nature. And that happens beyond every single idea, analyzation, or belief that you can think of. Why? Because it is an actual reality, uh, just like physical life. And so, to drop all of what society and culture has told us uh, and investigate this matter for ourselves is to become our own pioneers of consciousness and delve into these matters ourselves instead of relying on ancient books or modern science to tell us the answers for us, right? As for what astral projection is, it's the phenomena of consciousness separating from the physical body. Now, you can view that as actually externally leaving the body or internally going into inner worlds. Uh, that's not important, really, when it comes to the practice. Uh, it doesn't matter because both are one and the same, right? And actually, if you look into recent studies on consciousness and what things are pointing towards uh, the fact that, you know, consciousness does not exist within the body, but instead the body exists within consciousness. So consciousness is within and without all things. And in those dimensions, we can have life-changing experiences and learn a lot of things. 
Uh, if you want to know whether it's possible to actually see physical things while outside of the body and confirm and validate them, uh, yes, that is also possible. You are able to leave your body, go and see something, and then wake up back in your physical body and go to the same location to validate it. I've done this before. And someone called Graham Nichols is someone who. There we go. Uh, yes, Graham Nichols is someone who has done this hundreds of times in scientific settings, and he's currently still being, uh, you know, researched on somewhere in America currently, I believe. Uh, but yeah, you can you can search him up if you'd like if you want to know more about that. So. Yes, you can leave your body and see objective realities within many kind of dimensions. Not just dimensions that are parallel to the physical as well. You can go to that which we call heavens and that which we call hells. Uh, one is a higher dimension of consciousness and the other are lower dimensions of consciousness. Humanity is scared of the idea of heaven and hell because they don't understand it. But when we understand the nature of them, and realize that those types of environments are a result of our own energetic makeup, then we understand how to change those realities. Uh, all dimensions are a result of a specific tuning of our state or our level of consciousness. Uh, in astral projection, we can literally fly into space, visit other planets, and discover profound truths of what we call the universe uh, in a direct and personal way. We can communicate with those who reside in higher dimensions and also with loved ones who have passed away. But the main purpose here is for learning. To use astral projection for any other purpose other than to grow, inquire, and learn about oneself is useless frankly. Uh, to use it for entertainment, trivia, or as, I mean, a casual hobby is fine, uh, but for anything else, really, it, it's useless and a complete waste of time, you know? Uh, like so many people initially think, I want to experience astral projection because it's so cool, right? Um, well, you know, that person is, you know, missing the point. Uh, how can one have such a profound experience and just treat it as cool? Uh, we need to be aware of the significance and implication of what's happening. And you can learn anything in the astral you set your intention to. If you want to understand your problems or, or perhaps study, you know, hermeticism, Gnosticism, Kabbalah or whatever in the astral, then you can learn it in a very di direct way over there. Uh, if that's is your purpose and what you're meant to do, right? Everyone has experiences according to the level they're ready to accept. Uh, the Gnostic teacher Samuel Awonveo uh, is someone who bases many, if not all, his occult findings on things he studied in the astral. Uh, any kind of psychic ability, uh, such as, you know, scribing, Remote viewing, uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience are all all his occult to accessing these higher dimensions accessible within ourselves. Astral projection is uh, helps you 
realize that all psychic phenomena is is natural and um so you know if you want to uh, if you want to scribe for example okay go to a dimension in the astral get advice from a spiritual teacher uh which is entirely new information to you and then you know wake up and write it down now or if you want to practice clairvoyance or clairaudience simply find someone and focus on them and you will see their thoughts as images or hear them as information these abilities are very natural in the astral they come uh second nature to you over there very quickly and if you're attentive enough you can ground these abilities in the physical too uh sorry so since i'm saying questions <laughs> questions for the end please kenneth okay you appreciate it though yeah let's uh let's save it for uh should be about 45 minutes don't worry you can know down questions uh so since i'm saying astral projection is so integral to everything uh, naturally there are many traditions and teachings where astral projection is part of whatever the experience hey, or Please, or teaching is describing uh but they don't just use the term astral projection or out of body experience explicitly for example there's a hindu yoga called shabdi yoga uh, s h a b d shabdi yoga which is all about going into experiences beyond the senses uh and even in the bible uh, saint paul specifically and literally says how we can go out of the body to experience quote unquote the heavens and in the hermetica one of the first things is a discourse between hermes trismegist this and poise mandras and the first thing he says is his thinking soared while his body was restrained and a being appeared to him and changed shapes and his body was heavy and sleepy like when you eat too much a lot of old texts like these essentially describe out of body experiences but because of a lack of form terms back then in a way you could say they describe them in a more plain way without the you know preconceptions and connotations that we have about uh, the labels of out of body experiences or astral projection so the closest way i can describe to you what astral projection feels like is if you just for a moment uh, you know please look away from the screen or if you have a, a vr headset on i'm not sure if you can still continue listening uh if not you know just use your imagination but it's better to do this while looking at your physical surroundings directly so look around where you are wherever you are look at the palm of your hands and see the little details of it feel what it feels like to be you and being your body uh hear any sounds in the environment maybe you can hear things outside uh or if there's no sounds just be yeah uh, just pay attention to the silence around you uh maybe you know touch a nearby object and feel how it feels the the realness of it the tangibility of it now just imagine for a moment that you are in the astral plane here now in your you know physically essentially and that your physical body is asleep in bed somewhere else this is what astral projection feels like it feels just like this you don't need to imagine what it feels like because 
it feels just as real as physical waking life. Now, you know, hold on to this sensation for just a moment and try to intensely amplify and expand your awareness, you know, by 100 times. Because astral projection in its most profound experience feels more real than physical life. It is more tangible, more palpable. You feel every inch and see every detail and learn new information from whatever you're seeing. Whether it be a discussion with someone, uh, you see a new piece of art, uh, you see something or read something, uh, the sensation, the sensation that things are not happening from your subconscious mind makes the entire encounter a learning experience. Okay, so, you know, back in the room, if in case anyone uh, actually took your headsets off. Uh, so, you know, ask yourself, why can't I feel like this all the time? Well, it's mainly because our minds, of our minds, uh, attachments and obsessions with what you can see on the screen, right? They're blocking this extrasensory perception of what is beyond our own mind. <laughs> Careful okay. with your eyes, Keith. Yes. <laughs> uh, so as you can see, you know, I've put little clouds here. What this man can see, uh, this is his perception, and this is what is, you know, the astral, the unknown. Uh, but we always cling on to the known. And when the mind wants to go into the unknown, you know, uh, it, 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 fear, it feels fair because... Oh, no, I don't want to experience this because, you know, I have to cling on to all these attachments that I have, all these beliefs, all this, all this proud uh, knowledge that I have. And so this is the challenge. The challenge really starts with ourself. So, yes, um, this is why astral projection is a practice. and not just a practice at night, but a practice while in the day too, while we're awake. This is why uh, it is completely synonymous with personal development and the awakening of consciousness. And it is one of the most powerful ways to do so when done properly. So astral projection is a form of self-inquiry. It's not about discovering something outside of you and asking whether it was real or not, uh, it absolutely can be, and we can experience, uh, we can confirm experiences in this way. But the more profound aspect is that it is an awakening of perception beyond our usual physical, material capacity. Yet, uh, you know, this is an aspect of life most of us never knew existed our entire lives. And by the time we're grown adults, society tells us to form our own opinions about this and that and be proud of them. And that when it comes to actually discovering new realities for ourselves, we, we're, you know, we close ourselves off. We disbelieve or brush off the idea because we're so ingrained in, in valuing uh, our own self-created and learned delusions about what we learn in books uh, what we heard from others and little opinions we formed and identified with. 
But one first has to realize that beyond all that, there are dimensions of consciousness which speak profoundities deeper than any of those ideas and opinions uh, to which we hold on to so dearly. Uh, this can be discovered through honest and sincere practice of astral projection. So, of course, we want to know how to do it, right? You know, Gene, give us the specific instructions and step-by-step -step material uh, so that I can practice this for myself. Uh, it's kind of a funny question to ask for such a profound thing. And I hope by the end of this, you'll understand why I find it a funny question. Uh, it's funny because this is how our minds work, right? Our minds work uh, in the way that it thinks it can solve any problem or issue with the correct steps and guidance. And if it doesn't work, well, you know, it's not my mind that's wrong. It's the steps that are wrong, right? Well, I'm sorry, but relying on step-by-step -step instructions are just not entirely uh, the fundamentals with something like this. The mind is completely alone, completely by itself on this inner journey of discovery. The mind has to turn in on itself and really open itself to the experience. We always want ready-made answers instead of inquiring it into it ourselves to understand it fully. We want to be told the answer like everything else in society. And the more gratifying the answer, uh, the more we assign to that belief or thought structure, which is ultimately a crutch. We always want a ready-made uh, microwave meal, right? That comes with step-by-step -step instructions. Uh, you follow the instructions. Uh, you may or may not succeed in making the meal, but do you understand how you made the meal? We have to seek to understand. And this is also why there is so much fear behind astral projection too, because fear only arises from a lack of understanding. And if one truly understands what they saw and responded in an intelligent way, uh, they wouldn't be fearful. So we have to back up even more if we want to go, you know, very far on this journey of understanding. We have to begin with what is close to us. And that starts with you and your physical life, where you are now, who you are, you know, what you think and how you think and what you believe. Firstly, uh, you know, if you firmly believe that purely material phenomena is all that exists, then that is all you will experience, end of, really. Uh, you may as well leave this room right now because I simply have nothing more to offer you and you'd be wasting your time here hearing me speak rather than truly listening or learning. And you'd be comparing ideas I'm presenting with your own belief system, saying, this person is absolutely crazy. How can he say such things when I, you know, when I pref uh, proudly hold this or that belief? <laughs> uh, you know, if you are that person, I will say, why should you believe uh, material matter exists? You don't need to believe it. It's here and now all around you. Uh, no need for belief. You already know. In the same way I know, realities beyond the physical exist. And I know they don't exist within my own mind or imagination because I've experienced it directly. Now, when it comes to approaching astral projection, one should not believe 
nor disbelieve. One should take upon themselves a profound self-inquiry to truly discover. Uh, one who believes in astral projection can be just as lost and deluded as one who does not believe in astral projection. So this is a very tricky thing to do uh, effectively, right? Because most of us are not aware of our own subconscious assumptions. Uh, you know, there are people who try to astral project and are so impatient that, you know, they try for one night and their subconscious is already niggling at their brain saying, mm, I, you know, I don't think this is real. Uh, it's such a waste of time. You know, this is where meditation comes in extremely effective. You know, if one knows how to meditate, uh, you know, I recommend checking out uh, my video on how to meditate and also listen to the audiobook, uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, some of you may have heard of it before. Um, we won't cover too much on meditation here due to time, but if one is really interested, you will find the proper material for that. We also now, give a meditation class with all that on said, Tuesdays, <laughs> just to uh, throw it out. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and so with all that said, I will give some basic step-by-step -step instructions on how to come out of body. But step-by-step -step instructions are something that is secondary. Everything I've been saying up to now is absolutely primary and fundamental to approaching this entire thing. It's first about temet noske, right? which is Latin for know thyself. And we have to know what we think, how we think, what we believe, uh, how we're feeling all the time, and whether those kinds of inner thought forms that we commonly, you know, subscribe to are restricting us from experiencing realities, different realities, uh, rather than clinging onto our same reality that we uphold through habits and compulsiveness. We need to understand our own inner structure of our own souls and how it feels and how it works. Know thyself. This is something that goes profoundly beyond thinking about oneself. It goes far beyond the level of the intellect. Uh, the, Jiddu, uh, the great Jiddu Krishnamurti said, as long as there is fear, uh, that fear will take shelter in belief. And so in this sense, uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti was a Gnostic. Anyone who renounces belief in all its forms is a Gnostic. A Gnostic derives from the word Gnosis, which in its purest translation means direct experience is superior to belief. Our species is, you know, so obsessed with belief, right? Uh, we have religions and spiritual wars over who is right and wrong, who's better or worse, uh, and not just about beliefs, uh, but, you know, theories, over-intellectualizations, uh, personal opinions, over-analyzing, assumptions. Uh, we use all that to argue with each other. When in reality, everything is, uh, everyone is wrong when they're just at the level of intellectualism. So this phenomena of belief is, you know, kind of problematic and it's a dualistic trap in its nature. Be, you know, we don't see uh, this as long as we are caught in that level of consciousness. Hence why I said before, we have to transcend our own level of thinking. Uh, but that's a very difficult thing to do 
when we think we're always right. So we have to learn to be honest and humble and sincere. Uh, a person who thinks they're always right and thinks that they know everything cannot astral project. So their mind is closed off. You know, that is a person who is full of themselves, right? Do you get it? Uh, you know, full of themselves, meaning they are full of their own self-delusions and new spiritual experiences cannot arise when one is full. One has to empty their cup, so to speak to allow fresh new experiences. This doesn't mean we can't study uh, spirituality. No, it just means that we have our cup, but when it comes to practicing, uh, you know, just recognize the cup for what it is and lay it to the side. We don't need to drink it and hail it and pray to it. It's just knowledge and not just see knowledge for what it is, you know, stored memories. Uh, you know, uh, as an example of this, accelerating problem of belief and duality in astral projection communities, um, I've noticed that the most common beliefs on both ends of the coin, uh, both, both ends of the duality, are something like, people have a belief that astral projection is real because they're scared that you know, there's nothing more to life. So they want to believe in something permanent. On the flip side of this, people who have a belief that astral projection is not real is because they're scared that the existence of something permanent could imply they need to change they need to change the way they live right uh, I know this doesn't apply to everyone and everyone will you know they won't admit to justifying their beliefs in this way but if you really look into it and people are really honest with themselves this is what most of them will find. We have to go beyond both of these beliefs and take a leap of faith and really look at what actually is and what actually, you know, what this actually implies for our own life and our existence and our purpose. Belief have, has brought us basically nowhere in society, in science, in religion, in spirituality, nowhere. Uh, you, but yet we still it's still the most common thing we all argue about. I believe this, you know, you're right, you're wrong. We need to go beyond that level of thinking. Uh, only those who have really took the journey within themselves and have found something substantial and useful for others, uh, you know, has touched uh, on some, some form of uh, objective substance. Uh, you know, they become people of creativity and originality instead of being a person of regurgitated ideas from past authors, uh, masters, great scientists. You know, we all do this. I do this. Uh, but we need to find our own essence, our own divinity, right? You know, you can say, I am a Gnostic. I am a scientist. I am a magical practitioner. I am a Christian. I am agnostic. I am a skeptic, right? We need you know, we subscribe to external thought structures that we like, like going down a shopping aisle and seeing what your favorite thought form to identify like by a hair whiz is, you know, today. Instead of actually forming our own active and inquiring minds so that we can develop our own individual awakening of consciousness. So we have to go even closer now 
uh, instead of far and look at that which is within us and stops us from experiencing astral projection naturally when we go to sleep. Uh, if you were expecting a fanciful talk on, you know, interesting experiences, uh, aliens, conspiracy theories, then I'm sorry to disappoint. You know, I can share some of my own experiences in the, the Q&A if you're interested afterwards. Uh, but, but, you know, you can also listen to them on my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, but, you know, what I'm talking about here is the real practice, the real fundamentals, uh, starting with ourselves and finding those keys within directly. Uh, I am only concerned with helping you know, men and women to discover this profound dimension of life for themselves. Uh, and I'm also sorry if you were expecting scientific deductions. I, I don't care for science. Don't get me wrong. I actually love science and the beauty of mathematics and quantum physics, who are knocking at the doors of non-physical dimensions, by the way. Uh, so I love science, but I don't love modern scientific groups who are hailed as leading pioneers into the study of creation. Uh, actually, you know, I used to love uh, modern science very much until I found uh, astral projection, of course. Uh, you know, the uh, New Scientist magazine, uh, I used, you know, I grew up buying every single new magazine every week. Uh, but if one is to subscribe only to modern scientific discoveries, you're going to be stuck. Stuck in the labyrinth of questions instead of discovering. Uh, and you probably won't find very much in this lifetime. Science has a place for the extremely slow process of putting physical matter into understandable, systematic, intellectual uh, equations and deductions. Uh, it's great and satisfying for our intellectual minds, but it doesn't have a place for your individual personal awakening of consciousness. Modern science and our technology is actually very primitive compared to what is actually achievable. And, you know, if you come out of body and you get a glimpse of, you know, certain... Um, intelligent life, uh, you'll see that compared to our technology, uh, we're very primitive. Okay, so. This is a similar diagram, just a bit more elaborated. You don't need to worry about uh, reading it all. Uh, I, I just use this for a recent YouTube video. You can go and check that out if you want to. Uh, we won't go too deep into it, but the basic idea is that in the middle is you as your soul, right? As your pure awareness. This is where we should live in our consciousness. Uh, however, we often live inside or get caught by or identify with all branches that are coming off it. These branches are part of life. I'm not saying they're bad in themselves, but that we all get caught in these in one way or another. And they rule our life and our consciousness instead of us having clear awareness over them. Uh, you know, I've made a video on this. It's called Transcending the Fourth Dimension. If you want to look into that and download the image there as well. Uh, oh, sorry, it's called uh, Rise Above Time to Understand the Astral Realm. Rise Above Time because, you know, these things are all essentially things that we learn in the past. And we're always 
in the past, in the past, right? We have to be more present if we want to pursue what I'm talking about. And, you know, let me scale for you the significance of these psychological obstacles. Uh, modern psychology agrees with what I was taught in Gnosticism. And not in my Gnostic group, this was made very clear uh, to the students. I, you know, that most of our minds, our consciousness is made up of subconscious or unconscious thoughts, right? In Gnosticism, they generally teach that we are only 3% conscious. The rest is trapped. And thus, all those branches you see are only scratching at the surface of what's blocking our way into the great journey of ourselves. You know? These are, these are just things within ourselves, obstacles within ourselves, that I can put into words, into, into, actual, uh, uh, into intellectualizations, okay? So, so many things, there's many movings and feelings within, within our subconscious that are, you know, not easily put into words, especially our emotions, which run very deep and are very complex, right? The human mind is not simple. If you're a simple-minded person, I, you know, I guarantee there is just an infinite amount of complexity within you. So all these things with our consciousness living in these thought form structures stop us from really perceiving our physical life from moment to moment, making us completely asleep, right? I think most of you here from spiritual backgrounds somewhat understand this. Uh, sleeping state of consciousness I'm talking about. Uh, you know, you know, does it make sense if I say that, uh, you know, humanity is like sheep, right? Sleeping and being mechanical, artificial creatures, you know, obeying the law and just doing our nine to five jobs on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. Most of you are nodding. So how can we begin to expect to be awakened from moment to moment in our sleep if we can't do it while awake? As above, so below. This is the very first and core teaching to unlocking astral projection. Live from moment to moment while you are awake and you will live uh, from moment to moment in your sleep too. You'll have attentiveness, awareness. You'll start to see your dreams more. Free your mind from disturbances and see clearly. Uh, like conventional wisdom and psychology says, uh, people dream about what they did during the day. Right? That's conventional uh, wisdom in psychology. You know, or more specifically, they dream about what they dreamed or fantasized or thought about during the day. And so... What happens when a mind is completely silent, peaceful, and attentive during the day, and not lost in dreams and thoughts? Well, then, naturally, it is going to be attentive during sleep, too. You know, I can't uh, convince you of this intellectually, but ju just try it. Have a day where you are just so always observing yourself, always observing your inner thoughts. You'll see, uh, you know, your dreams will start to become more vivid. And when you start to place more attention, uh, intention into uh, 
you know, states when you're sleeping, you'll, your awareness will be directed uh, within those moments of sleep and you'll start to also uh, begin to awaken to what is happening while you sleep. Okay, so this is where we get onto degrees of being awakened. While the physical body sleeps, uh, while you're asleep and you somewhat awaken your consciousness, you may find yourself in a dream. Okay. And, you know, you may not be aware that the environment you're seeing is being projected by your own subconscious. And so if you're attentive and mindful enough and still enough to see and feel that you are actually dreaming these things into existence, then you'll also have the innate sense, the innate ability to let go and stop thinking it all up. You can literally sense yourself dreaming up the dream. Uh, this, uh, you know, will result uh, in that those subconscious dream projections will dissolve. And what happens when consciousness is in non-physical reality, but isn't dreaming? Well, then objective reality appears before its eyes. This is easier said than done by most of us, of course, uh, because most of us are stuck in constant and compulsive dreams without any self-awareness. One needs to learn how to meditate and inquire into one's mind deeply and observe. Now, I want to explain how this can look in the astral. You know, say I astral project and I, I see souls, I see people moving around in the astral. Um, I see normal people who are unconsciously in the astral. You see, in reality, you astral project every night unconsciously. I'm not sure if many of you realize this, but yes, uh, when the physical body sleeps, consciousness roams around carrying on in its delusions of thought, just like it did during the day. So let me explain how this looks in the astral. Uh, imagine for a moment uh, in the physical, uh, imagine your closest, you know, local busy city center or town center. There's many crowds of people there uh, busy walking here and there, right? Now, physically, they're all in the same location. They're all in the same physical location, right? Uh, but, you know, however, in each one's consciousness, they are all in a world of their own, in their own consciousness, in their own imagination, in their own dreams, thinking about where they need to go next, you know, arguing with friends, uh, thinking about uh, a deadline they have next week, etc. And so this is exactly the same as in the astral plane. We walk around like deluded zombies in the physical, and we also do it in the astral too, as above, so below. And depending on how deep one is stuck in their own dream world determines how cut off they'll be from experiencing objective reality. You can see this in other people if you're discerning enough. Uh, you know, there are people... You've, we've all probably talked to who are so cut off from reality, so cut off from themselves, that when you talk to them, it's like not really there, right? They're, they're stuck in their own preoccupations. Or say when someone is daydreaming and they suddenly 
snap back to where they are. You see, uh, you know, as above, so below. We, ha- we daydream in the day and we nightdream at night. We have to stop dreaming. It has no use for us, neither in waking life nor physical life. Uh, sorry, in waking life or sleep. Uh, we have to wake up. And if you've ever practiced being present in your life, like so many spiritual teachings talk about, well, this is where astral projection is an, eff- an effective incentive for that. Uh, because we don't just practice being present for the sake of itself, but we take on a higher challenge of perceiving and experiencing the worlds. So in this way, we can master basic spiritual principles very fast when we set our goals on something much more advanced and sublime. So as you can see on the screen, uh, one, once you're in non-physical awareness, either consciously or unconsciously, you can be in a dream. And as you begin to grow, you know, this isn't uh, a, a set line, a set diagram. This is just a general outline. And as your awareness grows, you can be in a lucid dream. And then once the dream is dissolved, you can enter the astral plane. Okay. Don't worry if you're not following properly. Uh, There will be time for questions. So if you somewhat understand what I'm saying, you'll be able to use your own intuition to understand this diagram. Now, this is by Bob Peterson, an author, by the way. Uh, He has a book called Hacking the Out-of-Body Experience. Uh, I recommend it if you really want one of the most comprehensive books on different techniques and specific methods for leaving the body, uh, all with a scientific approach. When I talk about astral projection, uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't really, I'm not that interested in talking about specific techniques. I want to talk about the fundamentals, right? As you have already heard me talking about. So, yes, as you can see, he's labeled, let me get my pen. So, he's labeled uh, lucid dreaming as a conscious, subjective experience, right? The environment is subjective. It's coming from your own subconscious, okay? And you're conscious in it. It's a lucid dream. And an OBE, an out-of-body experience or astral projection, uh, is a conscious, objective experience. The environment is objective. It is not coming from your subconscious. Uh, A dream is an unconscious, subjective experience. Your own dream is subjective, but you are unaware and you are unconscious. And then there is shared dreams as unconscious objectives. So... That's when you're in, you know, essentially the astral plane, uh, but you are unconscious of it. And in the Reddit, there's been quite a few people who say, you know, oh, my God, I've uh, just woken up and my friend remembered the same dream as me. We saw the same things. Yes, because, you know, this was a shared dream. You were both in the astral. You were just unconscious. You know, what I've been saying 
really is not uh, spoken about a lot, right? This understanding that we leave the body every night. We are so ingrained in modern, the modern world's conventional way of understanding dreams that, you know, oh, just dreams, but we completely, uh, we completely um, underestimate them. So, yes. And unconscious shared dreams. So, as I said earlier, our conscious runs around the astral unconsciously. And depending on our level of consciousness, uh, we can sometimes be in a world of our own, like in our own sort of bubble, or we can actually be sometimes in objective astral realities, but we're just not aware. So, if you're really listening to what I'm saying, sorry, I'm pointing the laser at you, <laughs> um, you'll know I've already revealed a method to astral projection, which is astral projecting from a lucid dream. It's simple, theoretically, uh, I'll repeat. It's just two steps. One, become lucid. There are many easy lucid dreaming techniques out there. Just find them. I won't go into them here. Uh, and number two, realize it's a dream and sense yourself dreaming the content of the dream and then stop it, you know, break the dream by instinct. Uh, it doesn't take thought to do this. You just, you just stop. It takes your ability of thought to stop it. Uh, you know, just in exactly the same way, you stop yourself daydreaming in the day and snap back to reality. If you've been daydreaming, uh, you know, if you ever find yourself daydreaming and you, you catch yourself and you stop dreaming, it's, it's a very similar sensation. Uh, when we do this in the non-physical. So you don't think about it, you just do it. Uh, also, just to point out two common ways you can tell the difference between a dream and astral projection, if you're you know, in doubt, uh, you can measure it by, in a dream, you can control absolutely anything without limits. Uh, if you want to move buildings, if you want to move planets, uh, you can do that. But in the astral, you're not able to manipulate things like this. Similarly, the astral won't react to your experiences. Uh, so, for example, if you open a door in a dream and expect there to be a beautiful woman or man behind it, then that's most likely what you'll get in a dream. But if you do it in the astral, uh, anything could be behind that door, just like in the physical. The astral is always surprising and fresh like that. Uh, in reality, you don't need to test your experiences like that because once you're out there, once you're out of body, the objectiveness and energy of it feels imbued with life and essence and all with mind-boggling detail. The experience really does speak for itself especially when compared to a, a phantom ghost-like dream which has no substance. You know, the only substance is your own thoughts. But of course, if you're not practicing being aware of your own thoughts, then you won't be able to tell the difference between reality and thoughts. And this is also related to, you know, this is synonymous with self-healing because... And it's related to, this is a healthy practice to do because, you know, as you grow older, some people 
develop mental health issues and they can't tell the difference between their thoughts and reality. So we have to become aware. It's not just about having cool experiences. It, this is integral to our own uh, health overall. So here's a sort of a similar diagram I made, uh, which is a vague and generalized example of how our consciousness ascends in different layers of reality according to its degree of awareness. And as you can see, there are many more profound dimensions beyond the astral. Uh, actually, astral projection is not just about traveling to the astral plane. You can visit dimensions known as the mental plane, the causal plane, and beyond. Uh, but those are, you know, tremendously profound, and we won't discuss that today. And there are also, you know, kind of sub-dimensions in uh, the astral as well, such as the lower astral, or uh, the astral, which is parallel to the physical, or uh, the astral, uh, you know, the higher astral, which are kind of like, you know, um, heavens. Uh, but the real heavens are above the astral. Okay. Each keyword uh, can also be placed, of course, in different layers, but I've placed them according to the most generalized and common ways we relate to these words, like fears uh, being in our unconscious, uh, dreams being controllable and infinite environments, uh, but the astral being limited, like the physical. As you can see, you know, higher dimensions, greater realities are places beyond the ego in a way. You have to have a, a certain degree of enlightenment to get there. Uh, so I've talked a lot about going beyond our ego, right? But don't let that be a self-limiting belief like, oh, I have ego, so I'm not worthy enough. No, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, you just need to be able to exercise self-awareness so you can visit these dimensions. Now we can go back to any of these slides if you have questions about them afterwards. Okay. Now, I'm going to read this out. Don't worry about trying to uh, go through it all. So let's get on to a basic step-by-step -step method on practicing astral projection based on what we've discussed today. Uh, I'm just going to lay it out flat for you. This is not the only way you can do it. It's just a generalized approach which can work for anyone. If it doesn't work for you or you don't like it, then find a different way. There are many books on astral projection. And, you know, on top of all this, if you're really determined, I recommend getting your own book and kind of, you know, read it as your own little Bible daily for, you know, to feed your intellectual mind with something. Because as I've been saying, intellectual, our intellect is so, it's always, uh, you know, doubting ourselves, questioning, uh, but we need to just, you know, be a bit disciplined. So let's get on to this basic step-by-step -step method. Um, number one, go to sleep as you normally would. Don't worry about anything, okay? Have a good rest. 
Number two, wake up after four to five hours of sleep. It could be three hours, six hours, okay? Uh, depends who you are. Uh, get out of, and number three, get out of bed. Go sit in a chair. Center yourself. Be free from thoughts. Uh, only focus on your intention to leave your body when you uh, go back to sleep soon. Make sure you stay in a drowsy and sleepy state so you can easily go back to sleep, uh, you know, soon after this. Okay? Don't wake yourself up too much. If, if eat, you know, you can drink or, or have food, uh, but if that wakes you up, if it's too stimulating, uh, don't, don't eat or drink anything. Or if you're just too sleepy and you find yourself falling asleep, then, you know, maybe eat something, ah, put a light on. Okay, we have to experiment. Number four, affirm to yourself repeatedly, I will leave my body as soon as it falls to sleep. You're essentially meditating here, right? Number five, once, you're, uh, once you feel focused enough, go back to bed and continue the affirmation as you fall to sleep. Don't doubt yourself, don't question it too much. This is just practice. Uh, and you can adopt a kind of mind awake, body asleep sensation. Number six, when you fall to sleep or at any point during the rest of your sleep, you may begin to feel intense vibrations all over your body. They kind of feel like an earthquake, uh, a tremor, or kind of like you're being electrocuted, but you know, there's no pain. It's just. It, it can just feel intense, right? So, and you also may hear extrasensory sounds or things in your vision. Uh, do not become overwhelmed. Get comfortable and acquainted with them. Just allow them to be, allow them to amplify. Don't be scared. Uh, and as they intensify, everything will come to a sort of crescendo. There'll be so many sounds, so many uh, vibrations, and you'll begin to feel the energy more intensely, this is the energy of your astral body. And you'll find yourself begin to float out of your body. Or if you're not naturally floating out, you can just get up as you would with your physical body. Uh, but you're not getting up with your physical body, right? You just, you, you don't think about it. You just get up. Once you're in that energetic state and you, you merge with it, uh, you just get up. And you'll get up out of your body. Once you're out, you'll see your physical body sleeping peacefully in bed. Okay? Uh, and number seven, you know, uh, the best thing to do is just get outside of your house. A lot of people don't, they get freaked out when they see their physical body sleeping next to them. Uh, and they, the fear snaps them back. So get out of your house, walk down your road, and explore. Okay? And, it, you know, it's, it's important to note... Um, that, uh, you know, have no expectations. And, uh, you know, expectation creates disappointment. Be patient. Uh, experiment like a scientist over many nights with different variations, such as waking up after six hours instead of, you know, uh, three hours or four hours. Uh, stay up longer or shorter when you do wake up in the middle of the night. Or try different mantras, such as mind awake, body asleep. Or, I am separating from my physical body. You know, repeat these things. Or, I can leave my body easily. If you really want to astral project, you will do it. 
The point of affirmations is that you can plant seeds of willpower and intention and belief, self-belief into your subconscious so that your subconscious mind will do the work for you while you, while your physical body sleeps peacefully. Uh, you know, have you ever intended to wake up at a specific time without an alarm? It works, right? It's just the same. Now, um, also, if it's your first time astral projecting, you might feel very heavy. Uh, you might not be able to like walk properly. It's absolutely normal. It's like getting used to a new body consciously. Um, it's a really common thing. You might not even be able to see uh, very clearly. Everything might be very dark. But with practice, it all becomes you know second nature. Just like how a baby learns to walk, they just do it with practice. Uh, and it's also important to know, uh, you know, you may want to look into basic lucid dreaming practices, such as doing reality checks. Um, does everyone know what a reality check is? Okay. A few people. If you don't know what it is, you know, it means, uh, yeah, most people do, you know, uh, jump in the uh, physical, you know, jump like 10 times a day in the physical. Uh, and just through habit, you will do it in a dream. And uh, if, you're, if you float in the dream, if you intend, in, in the physical, if you intend to jump and float, then, uh, and you don't float, then you know it's, it, you're in the physical. But if you jump in a dream and you, you float and you fly, well, then you know it's a dream, right? Or, you know, you know the astral. And uh, also, learn, you have to, it, it, this is crucial, you need to learn to recall your dreams. Uh, we need to strengthen our ability to recall dreams every morning because actually you can have the most amazing actual projection experiences uh, that you want to tell all your friends about um but if you're doing it uh, you know if you're not remembering your dreams you can have all these experiences and seriously you will not remember them this has happened to me too many times where i forgot to recall when i woke up uh and six hours later i remembered that, oh my God, I, I had an astral projection experience. I remembered something amazing about it, uh, but I couldn't recall all of it, right? The level of detail was small because I waited too long. So your brain's connection to non-physical memories can be, become very strong with practice. It just takes a few days. Do it every day, it becomes a habit, and you'll remember all your dreams. Um, so, you know, some mornings I can recall over seven different dreams, uh, all different stories with different characters and all sorts of things. Um, you can, uh, you know, take a screenshot or, you know, if you ask me on Reddit or Discord or maybe ask Tarot Frog, uh, you know, I don't mind, you can have any of the slides in this uh, presentation if you want. Cool. I'll make sure to post it. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so one thing you should also be aware of is that no matter what technique you use, if you want to leave the body directly, that is, have the actual distinctive energetic sensation of leaving and separating the body, separating from the body, uh, as opposed to, you know, projecting from a dream. Because when you astral project from a dream, um, there is an energetic shift as well. 
Uh, you can feel vibrations, but it's not as direct and it's not as apparent as when we physically leave our body, uh, you know, from our bedrooms, from our sleeping physical bodies. So, uh, you know, uh, when this happens, it always happens within the precise moment of, uh, it happens within the precise moment between uh, wakefulness and sleep. Let me get the pen. Here, okay? In between here, this is where it happens, all right? Now, too many people stress over, oh, gee, and I, I stayed in bed for like two hours, and I, I tried leaving the body, and it didn't work. Well, you know, don't, please don't do that. Uh, it's just, you're not going to get anywhere, because you need to pass through the gate of sleep. You need to go to sleep. Don't worry if you fail. You, you need to go to sleep. There's no point staying awake and thinking, I'm going to come out of my body, I'm going to come out of my body. If you're doing that for like three hours, you're, doing, you're definitely doing something wrong. You need to relax. So uh, this is why it is very effective to wake up multiple, uh, multiple times during your sleep because you have the opportunity to detach from your body in the instantaneous moments when you wake up and also when you go to sleep, okay? When you wake up, you pass this, this, this little phase here. And when you go to sleep, you also pass it here. So sometimes I, you know, uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and directly leave my body. Or sometimes when I uh, wake up and then go back to sleep, I, I leave during that time. Anytime you pass through the gate of sleep, this little gate here, you have the opportunity to leave the body. And actually, if you're very determined, a good idea you can do is wake up every two hours during your sleep. Of course, you don't want to do this uh, if you're very busy the next day. And so, as you can see here, as we go to sleep, non-physical awareness gradually grows and physical awareness begins to know. Um, and eventually, boom, uh, you know, all the physical sensations that are distinctive to astral projection suddenly become very loud and clear. Yeah, you're in the hypnagogic stage and you hear, you know, you experience all sorts of sounds or sensations. Uh, and, you know, when it happens, just remain like an impartial Zen monk and just, you know, continue and eventually just try and get a part of your body. And as you can see here, you'll be, as this happens, you'll be completely unaware of your physical body. Completely unaware. There is no awareness of it. You don't need to be scared that, you know, you, you're, gonna, you're dead or you're not going to go back to your physical body. If you want to go back, you just, you just intend it and you will go back to your physical body. Okay. And, you know, you'll only be aware of your astral body. Okay, so the next bit uh, is just to entertain you guys who are interested in the occult or Kabbalah, because I know a lot of you in this community uh, like those topics. And as I said at the start, you can relate the reality of astral plane to anything. And so here's how it relates to the dimensions of reality in the context of Kabbalah. 
in other words, victory of life. Sorry, I keep putting this way. <laughs> okay. So I won't go too much into this. Uh, you can ask questions after if you like. Uh, we're almost finished. I learned uh, about Kabbalah and Gnosticism naturally, uh, but I wasn't overly interested in it. So you guys probably know more than me or, or may have your own ways to understand it. But here's mine in relation to astral projection. As you can see, the astral plane is located in the fifth dimension above time and space, right? The fourth dimension is time, third dimension is physical, and this we have the dimension above time and space, beyond time and space. Okay, uh, you can also see that there is an inverted Kabbalah here, which is essentially where we dream and where our ego is and where the enormous uh, subconscious lies. Uh, you know, as you know, if you've studied Kabbalah, the, all these realms are very um, profound. So, you know, we're not just, you know, we're not like uh, gods, right? Not, you know, we are gods, but I mean, you know, there are some people who are very e egotistical and say, I am God, I am everything. No, you know, we're not, we've not truly realized these yet. Uh, it takes, takes a bit of life experience. So we have this here, okay? Um, and, you know, this is also essentially what we call the hell realms. Uh, similarly, you know, this is just purely uh, symbolic. Uh, this is what you can also call Satan's tail, right? Where, where the ego is, okay? I'm not trying to fear monger <laughs> or be weird. Uh, you know, as I said, you can't fear these things if you understand them logically and scientifically. Uh, an interesting fact that some of you may know is that uh, the Christmas tree I've lost my pen again. I'm not going to go get it. The Christmas tree in the corner uh, actually originally symbolizes the tree of life. Uh, just a, a fun fact for you. Uh, as and the the lights and the lights and baubles that we put on them symbolize our when our consciousness awakens to those inner musical spheres of the soul. In other words, the uh, little circles, the sephiroths on the Kabbalah. And you, of course, have the star or angel at the top of the tree of life, where the highest and most sublime dimensions exist, such as the, the ayin and the ayin sof, right? You can also see here how um, lower dimensions, i get this again. <laughs> you can also see here how the, the lower dimensions uh, I'm going to throw this at the wall. Oh my gosh. There we go. <laughs> you can see here how the, uh, the lower dimensions here, they have more laws to them, meaning they're more dense. Uh, and with more laws means more mental and emotional entanglements. Uh, which means more suffering, and it can be more challenging for us to escape. To escape which, you know, to that which we call oneness or unity or trinity at the top, which is what uh, we hear about 
different religions and spiritual teachings, right? Such as, you know, the law of one, which has become very popular recently. So, you know, we also have to not think about this in terms of wondering where we are, right? Uh, in reality, we are in all of those spheres, some more than others. We are connected to all of them. Uh, it's, but it's, you know, it's safe to assume that we're mostly in these lower regions here. We sometimes, you know, keep going up, up and down, kind of, uh, or different, different lights on the Christmas tree light up during our lives. Maybe when we're in love or we feel very, very uh, blissful and light, right? You know? Um, but we're mostly in these lower regions, humanity, especially in lower regions. Uh, maybe some of you are a bit more higher because, you know, this is a spiritual community and there's not many, many people like us, right? And uh, but we can still feel all these because, you know, we are the universe itself, right? We can, we can connect to the highest dimensions. We are a microcosmic expression of the macrocosmos. And, you know, we are members of this uh, creation. We are creation itself. And, you know, especially those moments of great peace or love or that feeling that religious people have of God, right? Uh, is when they connect to these these parts. But of course, you know, there's a lot of religious people who mix their feeling of divinity with their own ego or delusions. But the fact is, divinity is still there in its purity, free from human stains of perception, right, of opinions, etc. Here's a similar diagram by uh, an author called Jürgen Ziva. I highly recommend his books. Uh, he's by far my favorite author on the subject of uh, out-of-body exploration. Uh, the point here is to show in a crude way the relationship between dimensions and how dimensions and consciousness are in fact multidimensional realities. Just like how science is pointing towards the fact that there could be multiple physical universes. There are an infinite amount, uh, number of dimensions in the universe. Which one you're connected to all depends on what you choose to be in according to your own specific mold or energy of consciousness. And as I said at the start, it all starts with living presently from moment to moment, being aware of who and what we are, and paying attention to phenomena in waking and sleeping consciousness, being alert, awake, and having the capacity for critically inquiring into these experiences with a spiritual, but also a scientific investigative approach, free from fear. It is a great journey within yourself, and if you ask me what the purpose of life is, it is this, the awakening of consciousness to grow learn and become conscious of ourselves, uh, to know ourselves and to wake up out of our own dreams and illusions of reality. Not, not becoming greater people with superpowers, but becoming less of ourselves, doing the work of chiseling away at our own physical, mental blocks that stop us from intuiting non-physical realities. Astral projection applies to all of us. Why? Because all of us will die. 
Uh, astral projection is an opportunity for us to die before we die, to get ready for the death of the physical body, which will surely be our greatest journey of all. We do this by dying to every moment in order to live more fully. And also coming out of body is like uh, a mini death too, like a mini near-death experience, but a controlled and awe-inspiring one, free from fear and completely sane with your full and normal sense of self, just how you feel where you are right now. And on one last note, I just want to say, you know, the purpose of this talk has not been for you to say, you know, wow, Gene, you're, you're right. I agree with everything you're saying. You're amazing. You had all these experiences. You have all this knowledge. Uh, no, the point has been for me to try and convince you that you have all the tools within yourself to go about this kind of uh, discovery for yourself and that you are the only teacher who can do this effectively. You can teach yourself effectively. Uh, you know, the guru is in you. Okay. Uh, all right. I think that's enough for now. Um, I could talk for hours, uh, but I think it's better after all that information to answer your questions now. I'm just going to be a couple of minutes, uh, get some water. Uh, feel free to talk amongst yourselves and try to think of specific questions. You know, this is the same principle in the astral. If you ask a vague question in the astral, you'll get a vague answer. Uh, but if you ask a specific one, you're more likely to get a specific answer. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the kind of questions we ask say a lot about ourselves, right? <laughs> okay, I'll be, uh, I'll just be two minutes. Cool. See you in two minutes, please. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is where it gets real, guys. Yeah. Everybody start yeah. thinking your questions. In a couple minutes. When you mm -hmm. get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so good, dude. Dude, that was so hey, man, good. Hey, <laughs> I've had a lot of experiences. Uh, honestly, I tell you. 11 years of this, uh, I still don't have enough experience, but hopefully uh, I can do my best. And of course, as I've been saying, you know, even in, when I was in my Gnostic group, um, uh, knowledge is different from experience. And I, I've been really practical uh, with all this as much as possible. And not, I've not gone too much into many books, uh, you know, and my knowledge is limited like everyone else. So let's... Uh, Let's have some questions. Yeah, I guess I can be so bold. Yeah, to start uh, out, maybe. Um, if you don't uh, mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'll come to you next, uh, Zab. Yeah, um, go on, Tara Rita. You mentioned, um, you know, that uh, people should stop dreaming. Um, it sounded a bit like, um, you know, what I've read in the Tibetan yogas of dream and sleep, where this pretty hardcore group of Buddhists seem to. Um, be of the opinion that you know any time unconsciously sleeping is time wasted because you're not practicing your buddhist practices right but that seems a little hardcore like um to an average person yeah um, is, is would you really recommend they do everything they can to eliminate you know restful sleep or or dreaming from their life that way or what would what would you say about that Well, uh, f first of all, um, astral projection 
some people say different things for me okay take it from me when you wake up from when i wake up from an astral projection they are the most restful sleeps that i've had now maybe not if i've been to kind of lower dimension where things are quite dense but honestly uh 95% of my experiences i've woken up with this rejuvenation this uh this new energy right because these are kind of we're usually connecting to to higher realms so it absolutely i've not experienced that it affects your your level of energy at all you can have more restful sleeps actually in instead of being asleep at uh, dreaming fra- in fragmented consciousness and then you wake up all groggy and and your mind is everywhere and dispersed right it, you know if you're astral projecting your consciousness is all is all is is more gathered together and you have a, a better sleep um but yeah just to you know address that uh, but as you said yes it is a very it can't just seem extreme uh, and of course we all need to take our own uh you know we need to approach it in the way that we can personally handle we don't just go into it and you know try to try to just be perfect no you know it all starts you know when wherever wherever you start it's where you are now it's where you feel now all, all it takes it, it seems like it takes a lot of effort but actually it doesn't take it doesn't really take effort to just be aware to just be aware of what you're thinking in the moment just be aware of what you're doing and actually um you don't need to force yourself to stop dreaming to stop thinking because through awareness through true awareness through through deep self inquiry you will you know you will naturally uh, overcome what you what you know things uh, that you you don't want to be anymore if that makes sense uh you will you will transcend your level of thinking like in the book uh Eckhart Tolle Power of Now he says uh what you accept you go beyond uh but you can't accept what you're not aware of yet right so it all just starts with awareness but just with who you are and you you do this day to day you you learn about yourself and then you see uh new things about yourself uh usually we don't like them but we just accept them and then what you accept you go beyond you have the opportunity to accept it and you go beyond and this is learn this is learning this is growing this is expanding so sometimes yes it can seem it goes it, it it's a bit extreme but uh it's not when you just you know just take steps step by step approach uh and be gentle with yourself you don't need to get into a a harsh relationship with yourself because that that would just be you know developing a a, a worse relationship with ourselves we get more confused we get more angry with ourselves right if you get angry with yourself and stuff you, you just need to observe that why do you feel that way why do you feel like um it's so such a great effort right you have to ask yourself if you think this is all such a great effort why ask yourself why why do i think this is such a great effort what is within me that i i feel is so is so great is so in my way so like i've been saying it, it, you know self inquiry and gentle self inquiry we, we don't we don't need stress at all i hope that 
somewhat answers your question. For sure. Thank you very much. As Alka, um, you had a question. Yeah, I have two short questions. So do you know uh, Robert Monroe and the documentary The Path Beyond the Physical? And the second question is um, you, you distinguished a lot between these different um, realms of reality, I would say, but are they not, aren't we experiencing them at once and actually it would also be possible to go to the astral plane while um, in the waking state? Okay, yeah, great, great question. Yeah, kind of three questions there. So uh, Robert Monroe, I've seen a few of his works. Um, as I've said, I've just, I've been focusing on my own experiences. Uh, I have been uh, intending to look at his work, but no, I'm, You'll find most authors in this field have read his work, especially uh, people from older generations who are like 40 or 50. Uh, they all, you know, he's like a father of uh, out-of-body experiences, right? Uh, but no, I've I've not had had time to really uh, look into him yet. Uh, but I, I, from what I've seen, I definitely recommend his his works, especially because the authors that I look up to, uh, you know, uh, condemn. Um, recommend him so much. Um, as for different dimensions, uh, yes, like I said in the, you know, the, the Kabbalah of the Tree of Life, we're, we're connected to them all, uh, but it depends, it really just depends where your awareness is situated. It, like I said, consciousness is fragmented. Um, I had a very peculiar experience uh, kind of recently where I was in the astral and I saw my partner. She was in out of body uh, in the astral unconsciously. I was talking to her and I could see that she was uh, not, not aware, right? Uh, and she was just, you know, in the house. Um, I didn't want to, you know, try and wake her up, you know, uh, but actually... I actually tried to uh, wake her up, right? I said to her, hey, uh, you, you're in the astral right now. Wake up. Look around you. Um, and as I did that, I saw another body of hers uh, come out, you know, through the wall and start to merge with her. It was, it was slowly floating and merging with her. Now... She started to get like really confused and scared. I was like, I didn't want to like cause anything weird here. So I just, I said, no, no, it's okay. But this, this said to me, uh, that I interpret this as, you know, our, our consciousness is fragmented and truly in a, in a, in a, in a real, uh, way in the astral. She was in the astral here, here where, where I was in our house, but that another body of hers, another kind of dream body, must have been somewhere else. So, in a way, you know, I'm starting to suspect, oh, you know, maybe we already have these bodies in, in all these layers, but it all just depends on where we are. So, yeah, it's just a level, it's just a matter of, um, of our fragmentation and really trying to gather those parts of ourselves. And, yeah... You know, we can be in a, a lower dimension and a higher dimension. It all just depends on our kind of energy, right? If one is very fearful, one is very pessimistic, then usually we are, are in, in, find ourselves in lower realities. Or if we kind of come into ourselves more, we we ascend into higher 
realities. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit difficult to explain, but I hope that kind of uh, explains that. Uh, you said something else. You wanted me to clarify about something. No, that was it. I actually, thank you for sharing. So okay. I, I only, okay. The, the only thing I added was like the path beyond the physical. It's a documentary, but it's actually based on one role and work. So that that you actually answered that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Right, okay. Question. Anyone else? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I go celestial vamp. Oh, sorry. I just saw celestial vamp first. Uh, yeah. What's your question? Okay. So, um, you mentioned um stuff about how like um there was amplified like sensations and stuff during astral projection, yeah. as well as like um say like. Comparative to like a lucid dream where you may try to manipulate your environment, but you can't or it doesn't like necessarily work. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering, is that is are those things exclusive to astral projection? Because I know that I do lucid dreaming and I have experienced those things. And yeah. what does that mean? Maybe I was astral projecting and didn't know it or it was just lucid dreaming differently. Uh, can you give an example of what, what you experienced? Um, so one thing I find a lot of the time um, yeah. when I'm embracing another person, um, I feel sensations mm -hmm. that I could never experience in waking reality, like the love and like passion. Yeah. It's very amplified. Yeah. Um, as well as, say, like trying to go around the corner and see someone, but it doesn't work or like, Say like one thing like using my gun as a finger, like my or my my fingers as a my fingers as a gun, but then it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yes, we can be in the astral uh, unconsciously, and actually in the astral, it is still possible to to conjure up things. Um, one thing I've noticed is uh, what what a really common thing, right? We're all everyone's obsessed with their phones and. In the astral, you actually see uh, most people. One way you can tell if someone's like really just not aware they're in the astral, uh, they have a phone on them. Uh, one guy was really um, he he commented on my YouTube, just really angry, saying, "How can phones exist in the astral?" Right? Uh, it, it's just a it's just a conjuration. It's just a a, um, a projection of one's subconscious. So. The thing is, you can conjure up things in the astral, but it, it, it takes a lot of energy. Whereas uh, in the in dreams, it's very it's very easy. It's very direct. There's no kind of uh, uh, you don't need any power to do it. Um, so yeah, I've made a video on my YouTube. It's called uh, uh, "Shared Dreams and Non-Shared Astral Projection," and it, it just kind of goes into how these realities can mix um and i think like you said when you have when you feel sensations and feelings of other people in dreams you know those those things are kind of uh, merging from objectivity to your own, and they're coming into your own subconscious and because our relationships with other people are something that is uh very it's very um direct you can really uh you can really you know our 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 connections with people are so 
influential and they always influence our dreams you know we always dream about other people so usually you know we're always putting out thoughts to other people kind of astral source you know it, most of you you know you probably think when you think about someone it's actually quite common that that other person is probably thinking about you too or and that's why you know we have to be um we have to be good in our thoughts too. If we if we're putting out bad thoughts about someone else, then we're probably you know sending them some kind of negative uh, energy as well, right? Uh, and and we can receive those things as well. And th this can all be interpreted in dreams. So, so I can I hope that kind of points towards uh, clarification of that, right? Uh, yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, just the only thing is, um, say with the, like the amplified, yeah. just maybe not being able to control everything easily would, can, is that still possible just to happen in a normal lucid dream too, though? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, like you're asking if it's possible to have a lucid dream where you run into the world where you're not able to control the things. Yeah, I guess like based on my experiences, right? Yes, like that's yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, if I find myself in a dream, and I know it's a dream because you know it's absolutely ridiculous things are happening. Uh, you know, I'm I'm on like I don't know the Titanic, and there's um there's all sorts of just ridiculous things going on. Um, and I have superpowers or something. You know, just ridiculous. When it's when I know it's a dream, but I can't, uh, I can't control it, and I can't break the dream. Then I usually just follow the dream uh, because it's like my subconscious has showed me something, or I'm in a part of my subconscious that that is so powerful and so ingrained within my own consciousness that I, I can't break it. So it's a learning experience and this is why dreams are very important as well. We shouldn't ignore our dreams. We should learn from them. So if you ever find yourself in a dream and you, you just, you just can't break it, don't be frustrated that you can't break it and you want really because of your desire to astral project. It's better to follow the dream and just see where it goes and see, you know, you, you're literally directly looking at subconscious creations of your own mind and, you know, you will be you'll be quite uh, impressed by what you're seeing and you'll, you'll contemplate and wonder and inquire into it. And you can also ask, uh, ask the characters what they mean or, you know, just go into it. So, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Quick, quick question um, real yeah. quick. All okay. right. So I read your book. First off, I want to start by saying it was phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? It went hard. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> Thank other you. question I have is, uh, you mentioned the Egyptian, uh, Egyptian mantra, the fire ride on. My -hmm. question yes. is, what is your experience as far as, you know, carrying it out? And then also, in my experience, I've tried doing it, but it's like, I guess I'm a little bit too focused on the mantra that I don't end up being able to fall asleep. Like I said, so. Uh, my question is, you know, how were you able to deal with that? Or how would you recommend going about, you know, mantras as far as like, how intensely should we be yeah. focused on the actual mantra itself? Or should we actually be just trying to be focused and, you know, fall asleep saying it? Yeah, uh, I think you answered it, answered the question uh, yourself, actually. Yeah, you need to fall mm. asleep. 
So uh, I okay. have a, a little a little Discord, um, and uh, they two people have uh, or two or three had uh, success with it. So mm. um, it, it's possible uh, for me. Um, so you know, I will go to sleep sometimes. Uh, I'll do the mantra, uh, you know, for everyone else, by the way, uh, the mantra is on my YouTube channel and it's called the, uh, uh, my simple step-by-step method on how to astral project. Uh, it's completely different to what I showed you, uh, in this screen. So you can check that out later if you want. Uh, the mantra, it, it's called far ra on and you just, you know, far ra on and, uh, I'm actually planning to make another video with, I think with all the astral projection mantras that I was taught in, in Gnosticism, I'm going to explain how each one uh, affects uh, our our energy according to its particular sound, um, according to what I was taught in, you know, this kind of Gnostic science. So, yeah, you need to just, you go to sleep you know, with the most kind of uh, relaxed state of mind as you can, and you just do the mantra you don't you don't focus on it too intensely you just keep saying it and you just kind of watch yourself saying it uh but like yeah you really answered the question go to sleep uh and if you can't go to sleep while doing it i recommend doing it uh during a wake back to bed method right so getting up in the middle of the night so that you're more sleepy if you're still quite awake and you're not tired then you, uh, you won't go to sleep, right? And you need to, uh, you know, don't worry about doing the, the mantra perfectly because as you fall asleep and as you keep saying it, uh, that, you know, that I'm describing how it happens for me as well. Um, you, uh, you'll start saying it with different, in different orders and you, you know, you kind of feel drunk. You start going into a trance yeah. and you, you kind of, feel really ruggy, and then, and then you'll just go to sleep. And uh, this mantra was taught uh, that uh, eventually, you know, without knowing how, okay, because the mind always wants to know how, without knowing how, at some point in your sleep, you'll find yourself in, an, in, ash, in the astral, and you'll remember it as long as you've been training on remembering your dreams. Always work on remembering your dreams first. Uh, yeah. I hope that okay answers it a bit. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that helped a lot. Um, yeah, because I've been doing mindful meditations every day. As far as that's what I'm trying to do, is just more aware. Um, the second question yeah. in is just you mentioned that you had a Discord um server. I would like to join that if possible. Yeah, uh, info about uh, that will yes, be posted um, in our Discord after after the presentation. So uh, links to Gene's platforms yeah. and, and all his contacts and stuff will be posted after this. Uh, don't worry about that. Okay, yeah. cool. Appreciate that. For all... yeah. Yeah, no I do have a little Patreon. Uh, it's like a, a $3 Patreon, uh, just kind of a support thing. And, you know, because, you know, it would be nice to do this full time. I'm a high school teacher in my day job. Um, so, you know, that goal is to uh, kind of do this full time maybe one day. Um, but yeah, with that, there's a little private Discord server. However, if you don't want to uh, pay for that, I'm also in the... Um, uh, Astral Lounge Discord, uh, which I'm I'm there and active, and you can ask me questions there as well. Uh, uh, Tarot Frog will, uh, I think, yeah. post that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Ooh, uh, Ash, Ash, yeah. Yeah. Was that Ash? Did you put your hand up? About, yeah. Uh... 
you mentioned something about breaking the dream. Um, you know, you know me already. You know, I I do a lot of meditation. <laughs> and um, a, you know, stuff, stuff, and um, the astral lounge Discord, by the way. Yeah, go on. So when I meditate, I don't even try to AP, and I'll, I'll get into the hypnogogonian state thing. Like that's yeah, that's really easy for me to get into this hypnogogonian state. You mentioned the phone in the astral. I usually just have like hallucination of me scrolling to my phone or my computer, and it's purely random. But there's this awareness that it's aware of it. So and I can't really deny yeah. it. And um, and then you mentioned the vibration, so I'll be just really aware yeah. of all these things. But I'm I'm not going to be able to break the dream, as you say. Or if I do, I'll just wake up in another dream. And um, yeah. it, it really makes it difficult to write my, my dream because instead of like having one or two big dreams during the night, I'll wake up and I'll have to choose between fifty dreams to write. <laughs> And sometimes that prevents me to actually write anything down because I'm I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna need the whole day to write everything down. Of course, I'm limiting myself to you know short sentence and, and and all that. But sometimes it's just so confusing. It's like how do you put all of this into words? It makes no sense anyway. And sometimes yeah. there's no beginning or no ending to these dreams. And sometimes I yeah. write my dream and I'm wondering if I'm still dreaming because sometimes it happens during the Dream that I'll be writing in my journal, <laughs> and then I'll realize <laughs> mid-writing that I'm not actually awake. <laughs> so yeah. Like, how do you like deal with this? Do you have like a routine when you wake up? Do you just pick your journal right away, or you do something? Maybe you do a reality check. I don't know. <clears throat> the yeah, jump on your bed. The important. <laughs> I think yeah. Uh, reality checks are great all all the time. I mean, you, if you can do them all the time, they're great. Um, I think. A Eventually, you also pick up a kind of a always reality checking awareness, right? We're always questioning our reality. Uh, we don't need to do reality checks all the time. Uh, but also, you know, just to point out quickly, you raise a good point that we can have these experiences without the intention of astral projection as well. Uh, Jürgen Zieber, the, the author I mentioned, is a great example of this. He meditated for, I think, I don't know, it was something like 10 or 20 years, uh, every day for an hour. And this was back in like the, the 60s or the 70s. And he found himself starting to have out-of-body experiences without intention, spontaneously. Because, you know, he develops, he, he's a good meditator and he knows how to astral project. Sorry, he knows how to maintain his awareness. So... And back then, there was no information, was no information on um, on out of body experiences, actual projection. That he thought that he was, uh, you know, mentally sick, and uh, so eventually he he uh, he had to go to libraries and realize that oh, you know, this is a, a new dimension of consciousness in the non physical. So yes, that's to you know answer your question. When I get up in the morning. I, I try I try my best not to move my physical body and I just recall the experiences. I don't write them down straight away. It's best to try to keep your physical body still. Uh, once you move it, you start going into the realm of physicality. So just wake up, stay still uh, and recall everything in detail, vivid detail. Just see it all before you write it down. Go through everything, uh, every detail. 
itself. The important thing is just the detail. You know, if you, if you have so many dreams, I have a lot sometimes as well. I don't I don't write down write them down in all like so much detail. Just try to get specific ones that help your memory to recall those specific uh, stories that played out uh, in your head. And you don't need to stress too much about, um, you know, recalling everything if you had so much. I mean, it's a great sign that you, that you had, you know, that you're having so many uh, recall of dreams. Um, does that kind of, does that kind of uh, answer yeah, the question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one thing yeah. I get from your presentation is that uh, I thought I was coming here to like learn something new and I, and I did, of course, but. I realized that yeah. I'm closer than I thought I was to, to this whole thing. But yeah. um, what you should, what you are suggesting, uh, from my past experience, when I don't move my body when I wake up and I try to recall a dream, I'll try again since you suggested, but usually I'll just fall asleep again <laughs> or go back yeah. into another dream. And it's hard to like, uh, it's, it's just harder to, this thing between waking yeah. reality and the dream because I could be dreaming that I'm recalling a dream <laughs> and you know, do, do, you, um, do you have many yeah do you have many lucid dreams every night okay so I mean once you're lucid uh you know have you ever tried meditating in the dream yeah I I'm not gonna say like it happened on yeah. purpose it's more like of like okay I'm aware that my dream character is like meditating or something yeah. but i think too have you, intense or crazy yeah have you uh tried my uh it's it's, on, it's my, one of my videos uh on how to it's a method specifically for astral projecting from a lucid dream have you tried so once you're lucid fly up into the sky very very fast have you tried that no because usually when i lucid dream i'm more like a Celestial right now house. where like i'm sitting on a chair yeah. and i'm just watching the movie and i, I just i want to yeah. see where it goes so i let the dream flow yeah, so, uh, yeah. i never so really I... had that sensation of control unless i'm about to wake up yeah then i'll get a bit more of but that's usually where the the dream breaks but when the dreams mm. breaks i'm 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 into waking reality probably not into the astral yeah. or something so I would say, I would say try, uh, when, next time you're lucid, uh, fly up really high. The sensation of falling or flying can induce, uh, vibrations as well. And the, and the act of just flying up really high gets you out of that, um, gets you out of that narrative of the dream of what, whatever you, maybe you're in a building, you're in your, back in your school. Uh, it just gets you out of that narrative and, and you go up and then you have the feeling of space and, you know, space and it is so profound, right? Even if it's just in a dream and you'll start feeling vibrations. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, for me, it's a very effective mm -hmm. way to, to enter the astral plane from a dream. Yeah. Yeah. I usually experience I think, the opposite. Yeah. I, I fell down stairs or fell down from an elevator and then I wake up. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> uh, well, I yes. Why, uh, when, when, yeah. When people have uh, vibrations, it's, it's common for people to wake up because it's like, it's like you can't handle, you know, I've experienced it so many times. It's like you can't handle the, the energy. It's like, oh, I, I don't want to take this on. When we feel this energetic, uh, this energy, which can often feel like falling, um, 
you have to just like be intoxicated with it, right? You have to, you have to learn to like that feeling. And, and if you do and you go into it and you merge with it, uh, you'll find yourself in some interesting reality. Mm-hmm. I think I just had a quick yeah. question. Um, you've been mentioning yeah. uh, meditation a lot. I was just wondering if you distinguish yeah. between different styles of meditation. Um, and for example, if you would recommend something different for cultivating mindfulness than you would for, um, you know, the example you just gave uh, of the kind of thing to do in a dream. You know, what kind of different uh, meditation techniques do you uh, acknowledge and, and use? Can you um, say something about that? Um, yeah. Yeah. So meditation, uh, you know, th- there is really, there is like a kind of, there are different types of meditation, right? We, we meditate on, we can, an artist can meditate on their canvas. Uh, we can meditate on our egos. We can meditate on looking at things, but the most, the most purest form of meditation is simply observing oneself and not just observing, but uh, getting to a point where there is no more observer, no more observed. No more duality within yourself. It's it's a profound coming into yourself because it's one thing to have all your thoughts and observe them, and another thing to to stop uh, to kind of rein in those thoughts and and be at a level of of peace and and clear, clear thinking. So, I mean, I'm not so familiar with a lot of like. Uh, teachings or traditions on on meditation, but really just uh, just the most profound, you know, just just observing oneself, just being aware of ourselves, whatever, what absolutely whatever form arises within the mind, and you will see it's impossible to be to be bored with meditation, impossible, because there's always something to observe. If you're bored in meditation, you observe the meditation. You ask why you're bored in meditation. Uh, You will find there is always something to investigate, always something to observe. Maybe you were uh, uh, upset about the day. Maybe you're upset upset about something. Maybe you're just too, uh, too excited about something thing that's happening in the future there is so much going on in the mind and just simply observing them is is kind of a form of lucid dreaming while while in the physical right would you say that's something that and, and contemplation uh, uh, also um because yes, for example yeah, you know, the meditation we do here on contemplation is um, where you not necessarily try to empty out your mind or anything, but you know, fo- focus on the breath on a certain area uh, near the nostrils and uh, kind of uh, returning to yes. that upon distraction and so on. You know, um, like uh, yeah, how, how do yes. you feel, feel that technique, for example, relates to this? Uh, because it seems to be quite different. Oh yeah, from, yeah. For um, example, following things that come up uh, and and investigating them, um, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, if you can. If you can uh, combine both, because observing the breath and just being with the breath is wonderful, and it's wonderful for concentration as well. Um, but you know, uh, meditation is absolutely about being. Uh, it's about being, you know, here and now, free from thoughts and being, you know, just like perfect in that state. But it's it's not just about being, you know. 
feeling peace in the, in the mind. It is about learning ourselves. It, it, it can be used as a tool for, for growth. Um, and so there is a peculiar sensation when we, it's not just observing the, the mind, but um, kind of going beyond what we, what we usually feel. And when we truly transcend uh, certain energetic vibrations, right? We all have, you know, the anxieties and stuff. When we truly see our anxieties for what they are without judgment, um, and we truly transcend them, then we get to a new level of peace within ourselves. We get to a new level of um, a new level of that silence. You know, suddenly, once you uh, transcend certain anxieties or, or you understand things about yourself, then when you observe the breath next, you know, from that new state, from that more more expanded state uh, observing the breath becomes far more joyful and you become far more present so yeah both both help interesting yeah thanks hope that uh yeah okay i have someone here did, mitchell did yeah, you maybe, have your hand uh, up let's or something? go to the left side of the room a bit because i've seen some hands there for a while um yeah anyone yeah arts majors Sorry, Mitchell. <laughs> uh, he had his <laughs> hand up first. I'll get to you next. Uh, yeah, I had. Um, I've been experimenting with um, hemisync and binaural beats. Uh, um, yeah. I was wondering what your opinion is on those things. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've. Uh, Oh, did I lag out there? Um, I was wondering what your opinion is on those. Sorry. Uh, yeah, um, uh, actually, I, I don't know much about, uh, you know, binaural beats, but I have used them before, uh, you know, just out of curiosity, curiosity, and I've had, I've had uh, success with them. Um, so, yeah, try them out. Astral projection, binaural beats. I mean, it makes sense, right? Uh, our brain waves uh, give particular uh like brainwave frequencies uh, according to different states so if you listen to them and it creates a sort of re resonance in your mind and you can sync with it then sure I, i'm sure it can help in some way uh, I, I, it's not necessary but i think it can help whatever helps you right if it doesn't help you don't do it if it does help you then use it and of course uh hemisync is based off uh you know scientific research people have had success with it so yeah i think they're fine to use all right thanks uh, there was also okay. a question from a youtube uh, stream uh, i guess we kind yeah. of went over it with uh, Salgo's question but somebody was asking um uh, if you look at the pyramid for example or um, the example you gave yeah. of different layers um uh of the astral realms, so to speak, how would you navigate them? You know, yeah. um, if you look at the Kabbalistic model, for example, the, the four worlds, you know, how would somebody who is um, uh, in the astral and, and uh, in the saddle, so to speak, you know, um, how would they yeah. go from where they are to wherever else they want to be? Um, uh, that was the question. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a so uh, intention. 
Yeah, intention really. We can go anywhere in the astral with intention. Now, of course, uh, intending to go to a city is different from going to uh, a, a higher dimension of consciousness because to go to a city, you just think. But to go to a higher dimension of consciousness, you need to change the way you feel, the way your energy is. So uh, for, as an example, for a, a common, the most common way I've gone to profound realities, uh, such as the mental plane or just very profound um, dimensions, is I've chanted the mantra, Om. Yeah? Everyone knows that, right? Om. And you can try different mantras in the, in the astral, but I've used this. And I've, I suddenly, my body uh, goes up and I travel upwards uh, really fast. And there's, there's this entirely new sensation uh, of energy. And then uh, everything goes black. And then I, I find myself somewhere else. I was expecting to walk into so, a lecture today. I would appreciate it if you didn't interrupt. <laughs> and so... Yeah, this is you now everything that I've been talking about really is how we can do that. Um, I think it's maybe easier to go to lower dimensions, such as the lower astral. Uh, uh, really, the best way for you to experiment is just to do it through intention. Uh, you can just think, you can just think about it. I want to go to uh, the lower astral, I'll go there. I want to go to my house, I'll go there. I want to see someone. I'll go there. Uh, you just, it's just pure intention. You just hold it in your mind. You, your thoughts uh, are your, and your feelings and your emotions and your desires are your kind of driving stick. Thank you very much. Yeah. I think that's uh, a very great answer to that question. Uh, do we have any other yeah. questions in the audience? Okay. I think, uh, Mitchell, you've had your hand up for a while now. <laughs> I'll get to you after, Kenneth. Uh, Uh, Mitchell, you did have your hand up, right? Oh. He might need a yeah. moment to unmute. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, a quick thing. Yeah, there so my question oh, is, is that... Yeah. So with your diagram and your description of moving from the physical to the uh, astral, sounds and is described very similar similar to experience of uh, consuming the substance dimethyltryptamine, do you think that it is possible that someone who consumes this uh, substance is unaware in the astral? Uh, so sorry, I didn't get quite get that. So someone took DMT and then they, they weren't aware, they weren't conscious that they were in the astral or something? I think what what he's asking, yeah, is that um, would it be possible for somebody um, who uses substances, which, by the way, I should say, uh, don't recommend it. Um, you know, uh, take care of whatever is safe and legal wherever you are. Um, whenever we discuss these things, it is not a recommendation um, whatsoever, but it is relevant to the discussion for some people so um yeah again i guess the question was if somebody yeah. uses specifically dmt um would there be a, uh, some way in which they are in the astral but unaware of it um i, I guess that's what mitchell okay. is asking 
Yeah, great. Thank you. So, yes, it can happen. Um, however, using substances uh, is kind of like what I described in the lecture when I said about um, using microwave meals, right? You use it and you don't really know, understand how it works. Um, and using substances is like, it's like uh, getting in the back of a Ferrari, right? And it, or a rocket, and it just goes off, and you have absolutely no control. And it's very easy to slip into unconsciousness. And more often than not, you will be uh, kind of directed by your own ego rather than your own sobriety. We need sobriety. We need control. We need our own usual sense of self so that we can develop a gradual, steady practice, right? Um, I have, uh, in my university days back in, uh, you know, like 10 years ago, I have, uh, you know, tried, uh, cannabis, uh, LSD, mushrooms, uh, but I tell you nothing, absolutely nothing compares to daily meditation, um, and having sober astral experiences. I've, I've experienced far more profound, far more ecstatic uh, experiences than, than those student universities of, you know, just trying substances. They can be a glimpse. They can kind of teach you. But if you're abusing them uh, and you're using them more than once or twice or just all the time, it, it kind of becomes a crutch, right? You're abusing it. Um, but, you know, they, they, they can teach you, but uh, you know, as Terra Frog said, it's really not necessary, and I, I wouldn't uh, explicitly recommend it to anyone. Uh, but guess, you know, uh, everyone, we're we're all. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing uh, about Fear Mystery School, if you go into the library room we have here, there's uh, many, many categories of all sorts of uh, teachings and methods. You know, that can get you again uh, interesting and mystical and meaningful experiences. And uh, none of them involve any substances. We've had discussions about this before. Yeah. Um, and most, yeah. most seasoned practitioners here seem to agree that it's worth putting in the practice and the time because again, the experiences will be more profound, more earned, uh, more relatable, you know, within the framework of whatever you're studying and practicing, uh, and, and just, um, you know, your, your personal journey in general. So, um, yeah, yeah absolutely. To, to wrap up that. And, and DMT, yeah. And DMT is like, a, it's, um, within, uh, it's within our, it's naturally occurring within us. Right. So why, why re uh, rely on an external substance to activate it when we can activate it ourselves? Okay. Uh, did you want to, did you need clarification? Did you have a, your hand up? I think he did. Is your microphone working all right, though, Mitchell? Because you've been a little quiet um, through, or since you asked. Yeah. Maybe. <coughs> okay. Yeah, it's because he's on Quest. Normally, he lags a little, and like it takes a second for him to hear the voices of other people. <laughs> okay, I thought you were gonna going to say he's on a DMT. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my other question is with proving of the astral, uh, especially in your book, you mentioned that you could put an object with a sequence of numbers that you don't know about in another room and go in the astral and then confirm it that way. 
to come out. Uh, I brought this yes. up to a different group, and they said that's only proving the experience, but not the ass. Um, I mean, I, I can see how it's separate, really, right? Because when you come out of body, uh, you, you're you're in another another dimension, right? You're not in the physical. If you were in the physical, someone else, people in the physical, would see you. So you know, astral is just a, a label, right? Uh, it, it's just it's just a non-physical phenomena, uh, whatever you want to call it. It, it, it. It's somewhere and uh, it, it proves it, right? It, Think about Robert right? and the uh, had an experience. You know, the map isn't yeah. the territory. The language we use isn't, um, you know, the exact phenomena. It can never be. You know, we're we're just doing our best to to use models and tools and ways to describe phenomena that comes close to reasonably explaining it. But uh, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's yes. kind of a thing. Yeah, I believe. I believe and I hope modern science will look more into non-physical phenomena and, and, and that it, I mean, there has been a lot of, uh, uh, experiments and stuff, but I hope that, um, it, that there is more, you know, what's more important than, than scientific, uh, phenomena, uh, sorry, sci sorry, scientific studies, uh, public media. Uh, and publicity, because people, like I've been saying, <laughs> kind of like sheep, right? Uh, lucid dreaming 40, 40 years ago was not accepted as uh, fact. And now it is. And because there's been so many movies, just people talking about it, so many books. So I, I think one day, you know, we'll get there a bit more with astral projection out of body experiences. And I've also had a experience on my YouTube channel is called um, uh, how, how I proved astral projection is real, uh, where you can you know, listen to, oh, I think you said you've read my book anyway, um, where I've, ex where I kind of proved I, that I saw a, uh, something in the physical and went back to see it. And also if you look into Gray and Nichols and speak to him, uh, when I spoke to him, he said, you know, he's had hundreds of those kind of experiences because yeah, he's very scientific and he likes to, um, have those kind of experiences. So, so yeah. Uh, Kenneth, I think you had a question. Yeah, I, I don't want to take up much of your time, but um, no problem. Uh, Could you get a little I closer to your microphone, I, I, Kenneth? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I've I've been experimenting with astral projection since I was like twelve, but I didn't really yeah. accomplish anything before I was like eighteen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was watching um, people like Eckhart Tolle and Bashar or Daryl Anka, and uh, that led me on to the my spiritual side of my life. And yeah, uh, like I I just got lost at the end, where I just like what 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 can I even use all of this for? Uh, and then I just asked, like, uh, I asked God or whatever you want to call yourself, um, can you give me something that I can actually use for something? And, uh, and the day after, I, I got a, uh, a few videos that, uh, ultimately led me into a astral projection experience, uh, just within a few days.
and um, cool. the, the experience right. ca- was like something like this. Uh, I was in a vo- kind of like a black void room where there was a door, and then there was a man in front of this door, and it, it said, are you ready? And then I said yes, and th- they opened this door, and I walked. There's no words to describe this at all. But it was like a train and a car and a motorcycle, and it's just impossible to describe. Uh, so I ultimately ended up in a sort of like a public place, but everything was transparent. And there was like, if you imagine the characters here in the VR experience, there they were two characters, like two bodies on top of each other. Like one was like kind of more transparent than the other. And it was just really, really weird. I, I just wonder if this is a um, example of astral projection. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it could be. It could not be. Um, when people ask, you know, was my experience astral projection or not? Um, it's difficult, right? Because we have... I I I'm I didn't have that experience. You did. Uh, so it really just takes yeah. practice of, of knowing... Uh, what it was, but yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds rather substantial. Did it feel like uh, very light? Like there was a lot of light, and it was it was kind of a like a a, a really positive, like high plane, high dimension yes, of consciousness yes, in yes, a way. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, I, I I sense that that's what you were coming to. So, it could have been um, a high dimension, a very Usually when we go to a very high dimension of consciousness and we um, travel to places like this that are very kind of alien, they can just be uh, places where there are kind of uh, different beings who are more in, uh, kind of in a, in a higher or different mode of consciousness and they reside there. Uh, yeah, I've, ha- I've had kind of similar experiences. Uh, yeah, like... It yeah, was, really, yeah. Like, there was no, like... There was no, like, world in general. It, it was just a flat plane where the, and there were buildings, but they were transparent. You could walk through them, and, like, everything existed, like, in a compounded kind of uh, reality or physicality. Uh, yeah. And some some people wouldn't acknowledge me, and some people would. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was I really, understand, really yeah. weird. Well, that yeah. sounds like the best uh, thing you could do is investigating, just... uh, kind of, um, you know, the, the, exactly. the only way about it is practice and study, I, I suppose. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that. Let's have, uh, go on okay. to uh, the next question. There's one more. From yeah, the I've YouTube heard the channel. man with the door before. I know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> okay. yeah. What are you uh, talking about? What is it? The door? What does it mean? Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Q&A yeah. section of a presentation about astral travel right now, or astral projection, I should say. The door is this one. That's the door, right? The astral doorway door. <laughs> the, the portal within ourselves, you reach that which is beyond, right? Uh, Phosphorus, did you have a, a question? Oh, no. Oh, uh, was it Ash? Oh, wait. Uh, I, I there's see. also another question uh, from the YouTube uh, stream. Uh, we could we could maybe uh, okay. This might be a quick one to answer. So somebody. Okay, hey, I'll try to be a bit more quicker with the answers. No, that's all right. Uh, this this is just not okay. a complicated question. I think uh, somebody asked. Okay. Um, 
they had a dream and they woke up um, uh, feeling physically the sensation uh, that was you know akin to what happened in the dream which was they were attacked by a dog in their dream they woke up uh, and they felt the result of that you know pain physically or some kind of physical sensation how would you uh, oh, yes. relate this for that person you know is that something astral is it something lucid dreaming you know what what could it be that, that... um I think I think anything that happens in uh, non in the non physical, whether dreams or astral, uh, those sensations can can happen when we wake up, uh, but they disappear very quickly, um, and it's kind of it's kind of you know it's the power of um, placebo, right? We see the pain, we interpret it as pain, and we wake up and we feel this. Uh, this dog has bitten us and uh, it takes some time, maybe 60 seconds, uh, two, two minutes to, for this pain to try, just dissipate. Right. But yeah, so it, it can happen, but it's not, it's not usually specific, physical. Um, one of, of, of these I wouldn't say different things. Right? I wouldn't say so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it, I think it can happen in both. Uh, yeah. Maybe more astral than not, um, because the astral is more and a kind of palpable, a more palpable and more physical-like feeling. Uh, but I think it can happen in dreams too. It's, it's only happened to me in the physical, actually. Right. Uh, sorry, it's only happened to me in the astral, actually. Uh, I've never experienced it in dreams. So, yeah, maybe it's only in the astral. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess, you know, as with most of the stuff, again, the discernment of the practitioner um, is key. Yeah. Yeah, the only day can yeah. really make sense of that, I suppose. Okay, any other questions? I think I yeah. fixed I my think... microphone now. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, uh, Nayala, did you have your... Yes, we can I was just asking what you guys meant by the door. I couldn't understand it very well. Oh, sorry. I've not actually, um, have you, I've not actually, uh, ex explained that, but it just means, um, it's symbolic that uh, you know, the door to other dimensions, higher dimensions of consciousness, uh, these other realms that we can visit while out of body is within ourselves. And we don't need to look towards, uh, you know, modern science. We don't need to look towards uh, the spiritual teachings in a way. Uh, you know, they're helpful, but really it is all within ourselves, uh, that, that door that we can just open if we just walk through, right? People behind the door, I want are the ones who are always questioning, always confused. I don't see anything. That's kind of skeptical. Oh, she might. Be oh, really? Someone questioned. Yeah, it's because it's oh, okay. best user app. Well, well, well it's just a YouTube stream. <laughs> it's just a door. Yeah, you look at that door, right? And people behind the door are always questioning, skeptic, skeptical. But the people who have gone through the door are the ones practicing. They're not thinking too much. They're just always practicing, always ex having new experiences, uh, etc. It's just symbolic of our own uh, ability. I just had one quick one too. When you when you started, yeah. yeah, is claircognizance also a part of something that happens in the astral plane, or it comes from uh, there? Uh, yes, ab absolutely. Um, just clarify claircognizance because I get uh, confused uh, with instant another knowing. one, another. Yes, in instant knowing. So, for example, um, I was once in the astral and I met a kind of spiritual teacher guide. Uh, and this happens very uh, often that you don't need to talk like we are talking to each other in the physical. Um, 
information can be uh, kind of uh, interchanged without words. You just know, right? Um, and the, the, I walked into a kind of uh, lecture and she said to me, you know, uh, the information that was given to me was that this was a lecture for the kind of uh, public uh, unconscious people. So uh, actually when at night, uh, the masses of this world uh, can actually undergo certain um, lessons while we're sleeping. Um, so yes, that's what she, that's what she said to me. So all sorts of information can just be known uh, is very easy there uh, because the dimensions aren't very uh, uh, dense and information comes to us a lot quicker. It, obviously, this is a skill that can be developed. It's just about practicing and get and listening to your intuition, uh, not doubting yourself, you know, meditation, etc. So yeah, it, it's definitely, it's definitely a thing. Like cognizance. Okay. Um, yeah. I have another question for you, Jean. You mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I'll um, get to you next, Ash. Oh, yeah. uh, you mentioned, um, you know, that in your uh, perception, the dream state or being asleep <coughs> is uh, the platform from which you launch the experience, right? But then, uh, for example, in ceremonial magic or like even uh, something people might be familiar with, the Golden Dawn system, there is, uh, you know, the kind of meditation where you go into sort of a trance state first and then um, supposedly astrally project um, in an experience that is based on an archetype of nature or reality or whatever you want to call it, you know, fundamental building block kind of a um, thing, which you then perceive uh, this way. So how would you um, contextualize that, right? Uh, these, these people yeah. use the word astral travel or projection for this, uh, at least in their old uh, yeah. um, uh, papers. Um, but what are they doing in your perception when they approach these artists? Yeah, so are you saying through meditation? Yeah. Or so you, and and you kind and you kind of want uh, clarity on uh, you know people doing it supposedly awake, right? Yeah. So it's not going from wake to sleep state, yeah. to um, astral. It's from awake yes. to trance state uh, through ritual, and then yeah. from there into uh, a vivid experience of what they say is an yeah. archetypal force or a, a, a fundamental yeah. aspect of nature or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually a very, uh, uh, it's actually very advanced. This, and the reason why I always uh, recommend for people to do it from the sleeping state, because it is the most natural state and it's the best way you can recognize what is a genuine experience. I've met people who are, who, who think they are uh, astral projecting while awake. They're just clearly not. Um, there's just this, you know, as someone who's experienced, I really can just tell these things from talking to them. Uh, and they obviously get upset when I say, look, you're just using your, your egoic imagination. But yes, it is possible. Um, if you look into descriptions of meditation, meditation is... Uh, can be described as conscious sleep. So these kind of trance states that happen, that occur, um, it's, it's the act of consciously 
going to sleep, but in a very uh, in, intentional way. So it is possible to astral project from meditation. Um, however, uh, you know, it, it's quite advanced and it is something very advanced, very profound, because, you know, if you want, if you need to, if you want to uh, profoundly astral project from meditation, you need to transcend desire, right? You need to not always think about, oh, in meditation, I'm going to astral project. You need to connect with that state very deeply. So, Absolutely. Uh, and like yeah, you said, some more context in, there, you know, these systems, they're all very involved. You know, yeah. If you want to get to that point, there's so many uh, preliminary practices and disciplines and even, you know, learning symbolism, yes. whatever. It's it's very involved. It's it's not a very everyday task. Yeah. 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 So, and that's why, I mean, they use that, uh, those systems and uh, all those complexities because uh as i said I, I, you can use astral projection to investigate anything to study anything and so to do it in a very like kind of ritualistic way for a specific thing um would be uh ideal uh, an ideal way to do it because you know you're you're really uh solidifying your intent uh but yeah as i said it's something a bit more advanced to do it uh from a kind of meditative state as some people will say you can actually project while awake um uh but meditation is a kind of going into a sort of sleepy trance state where your body goes into a kind of uh like um kind of ketosis is that the word but yeah so i hope that kind of yeah thanks clarifies it Thank yeah uh, Ash, did you have a question? I'll get to you next. Uh, is that Jake or Zaldo? No, it's just uh, something. Uh, is my mic working? Yeah, working. Yeah. Yeah, okay, finally. Um, so, fear. Uh, when I do self-inquiry and question myself if I have like any fear towards astral projection, Feels like, of course, the ego will be like, of course, no. And in a way, he's right, because I want to experience it. And I mean, fully, not just accidentally or sort of like phasing memory. Uh, but I just, I think I I put my finger on, on, on the fear that actually holds me. And it's not the fear of astral projecting. It's more about how do you come back from this after and i don't mean you know uh, losing your physical body or something like that but i know that once the astral projection will be over i'll go back to waking reality and it's like how do you cope with that like nothing will be the same yeah. after that of course and maybe i'm not yes. the only one maybe that's a lot of our unconscious fear that we just it, it's going shake a lot of things and yeah 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 what would you say to me? it's similar to similar to like uh you hear like people saying uh, having kundalini awakening experiences right and they can't um deal with physical life uh so it, this is why i've been you know stressing that uh you know the practice is always uh, here and now with whatever challenge comes up. And after you astral project, and you have a, if you have a very big awakening and come to this huge realization that you know life is something you didn't realize and you really touched that which was beyond, um, you just have to accept that, 
uh, you come to terms with it in your own way, uh, meditate and, uh, you know, try to just at least feel some, come some, come to some peace with that because it really is still part of the journey. And it always depends, of course, on who you are and how you are. Uh, a person can go into the astral and become extremely happy if they're a very positive person. Uh, you know, oh, I'm going to live my whole life and, and I'm going to die. And then uh, I've got loads of things to look forward to after I die. Or a person can, uh, a more, more kind of negative, or the, you know, the kind of negative voices in our head can either say, oh, what is the point in living when uh, I've been, I, I've seen what's beyond, there is no point to this physical life. But the, the biggest reality and realization we have to come to is physical life is absolutely integral to astral projection. It is the foundation to, to our spiritual progress. And you'll, you'll realize that you'll start to gain a sense that there is a sort of grace and a sort of synchronicity and a sort of purpose to your life, your personal life, and to where you are right now, and and a slow discovery of why you came into your life to experience what you're experiencing. And this way we, we connect to kind of our personal purpose. And your personal purpose always is always satisfying, always makes you happy and makes you joyful with whatever, you know, your purpose is and what you connect to. So like I, like I said, you know, it's always just about being aware whatever comes up in the mind. Uh, you know, we might get trapped in it for a bit um, with fears and stuff, but we just observe. We have to keep observing. Uh, and that's that really. Um, yeah, I, I've, you know, tried to, I think for maybe two years out of the 11 years, uh, I tried to get away from uh, spirituality. I did it too intensely. Um, and eventually, uh, I mean, I, I just couldn't brush it off. The, the experience is so powerful, uh, of, of that knowing, uh, it was always there in my mind. And I just found that it was harder to live life, uh, trying to ignore it than, than not. And I can say I'm much happier now, just, uh, you know, carrying on my spiritual past. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just be gentle with yourself and carry on and yeah, uh, uh, be happy <laughs> feel better like I, I i stopped taking weed and it really changed everything uh like, yeah i'm able to get high naturally and uh, yeah but i'm not gonna go uh, into the details but yeah i feel a lot better yeah. for, because of that and uh i have a lot less crotches as you put it and i'm <laughs> yeah. more on on myself and on the present moment and just being observant of, of everything, including my ego. Yeah. Just, just watching yeah. it. But, uh, I try yeah. to be careful about purpose and things like that, because that's another sort of like, you know, when you say you only see your mind, you see achievements and dreams and stuff like that. So, and those are like other projection. I feel like I need to be careful of. Uh, because your yes. ego will start to like see those things as a sort of like goals or achievement you need to to do, or you you will 
like uh, miss your life or something like that. And, uh, yeah. But for me, I feel like that yeah, my absolutely. purpose is only to be here and now. And yeah, all these other purpose, things will just we, come. Right? Yeah, we don't need to uh, explicitly chase purpose. Uh, as as you said, you just carry on being aware, and purpose arises naturally in yeah. our emotions. Yeah. Okay. Do we have do we have someone for a question? Yeah. Uh, Okay, I, I have a couple yes, of questions about the. In, in case I ask something that you know you might have already covered in the lecture, I, I arrived late. I, I missed basically all of it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I think it's been recorded, so you'll be able to yeah. uh, review it if you but, want. So I, I don't ask. Well, I'm sort of hoping that I was the last person to ask questions in case I took up too much time. But I, I think you did already cover this. I think one of the first questions I have is, uh, I wrote them down here. So like. For example, how do you know you're in a dream versus astral projection? I mean, does it is there any noticeable thing? Like, I mean, is it hard to mistake one for the other? Is it like visually different, or is it just different sensation? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, feel free to refer Jake to the recording uh, because I uh, appreciate your time as well. Yeah. Uh, and we did go over that in depth, uh, yeah. uh, Jake. But if you want yeah. to answer, feel free, of course. I don't want to. Interrupt. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. I yeah, like it's a, that you've already covered. There is so much to it. Definitely uh, review the lecture and definitely re uh, see my video on my YouTube channel on that. Uh, where is it? Uh, this yeah, one Layers of Reality, top left. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, definitely go see that one. It, it covers everything. Um, including that, you know, astral uh, dreams are not controllable in a way and they don't uh, react to your own sensation, uh, your own expectations and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely see those. And you, you had a second question, right? Yeah, um, well, I think this one is a, it's sort of a broad question, but it's like about the sort of, set, well, not separation anxiety, but like, the force that sort of keeps us in our body, you know, like, is that a thing or is it like, like, why is it difficult for a lot of people to leave their body? You know, just, is it because of the uh, so like, awareness? Is, yeah. It's also a major Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So again, you will see, you will see, uh, in the presentation, you'll see, uh, attachments, right? Attachments to thought forms, attachments to all those branches, they kind of keep us um, stuck in our dreams. And we, we also do have our attachment to our physical body as well. So, yeah, I think you'll find some answers in, in the lecture as well. well that's okay then. I'll just, I'll review the, yeah. the footage then afterwards. Yeah. Hopefully I should answer all my questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would, uh, well, I would go into it, but, um, I, I don't think I have too much time left. I want to answer more yeah, questions. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, listen to the lectures, uh, the watch my videos. If you're still stuck on something, uh, you know, just uh, ask me a question in Discord or uh, leave a comment on my YouTube channel and I usually get back to all the questions. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyone for another question? I still have time. I have like uh, 20 minutes or so. So, yeah, Celestial Bank. Right. Um, I was going to say, um, I noticed 
in the one diagram where you had like the levels of consciousness, I think I noticed that hypno hypnagogia was in uh, the astral projection section. And I was just curious, it doesn't have to be a, a long answer, but I'm just curious, like the, the connection with that. Oh, okay. Uh, so hypnagogia refers to any kind of extrasensory uh, occurrences, phenomena, or uh, sensations that happen that are not uh, clearly observable in the physical dimension. So this can be uh, loud sounds, voices. Uh, it's kind of like when we're going into the non-physical, your body is sort of uh, acting like a, a tuning, a, a radio tuning, right? And you can hear all sorts of uh, noises on the way, and all sorts of frequencies. You just need to be impartial towards them and just carry on. Uh, so hypnagogia includes that audio. It can also include um, a visual perception. So uh, again, it's kind of like a TV tuning. You kind of see static or multicolors and stuff, all sorts of things. And then you have also the sensation of your 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 energetic body uh, coming coming out, uh, and that that can feel very uh, very lively, more lively than your physical body of of blood and bag and bones. It re it's really uh, an energetic feeling. Uh, yeah, so that that refers um, to hypnagogia, and it it yeah, it really just happens towards or and during uh, the separation phase. Okay, um, and yeah. um, just to continue that, um, hypnagogia, it's something that I experience quite a lot. Um, so I'm like quite familiar with the experience. Um, but normally, meditation, um, right? well. Um, or, or... when I'm sleeping, like sleep. around oh, in like okay. the, the barrier between awake and sleep on either side. Right. Yeah. So, like hypnagogia or pompia, um, either way. Um, but yeah, anytime I have that, um, I experience like extreme fear, like every single mm. time. And I'm wondering, yeah. um, and almost immobilizing how strong sometimes almost feels like there are there's a presence um yeah and i know the way it sounds a lot of people say oh sleep paralysis but i i can still yeah. i'm not i'm not paralyzed um yeah. but it's just this extreme fear um yes. and then say like the sound the noises um it triggers the fear even more and i'm wondering maybe what yes. could help me like maybe this like <clears throat> when you said like a monk maybe how i could help the fear yeah um i mean you can uh train yourself to kind of visualize yourself uh going through this being confident having no fear we we have to have courage i know it's it can be strange um but you have to be be focused on your goals don't be focused on hypnagogia don't be focused on vibrations focus on what you want to do focus on you know uh fear of uh all this and uh things that the, the, the voices in our minds uh, get get fearful about. I mean, be logical, right? Why should that outweigh uh, desires that we want to do in the astral? You know, if you want to go to the moon or something, or you want to, uh, maybe you had a family member who died and you, someone you love, and you want to go and visit them, right? focus on that. Just focus on, you have some kind of incentive, 
right? So to take your mind off it, uh, when, when, you know, when we focus on the ego, uh, the ego gets more amplified, right? So just try not to be too, uh, thinking, just thinking about it too much. And yeah, you just, you really just need courage and practice. Um, and you, you can, you can get past, uh, all those stages. Uh, you know, there is nothing to fear from it. And, you know, don't, yeah, don't do resist fear. Just, just allow it to be. Um, but yeah, fear about astral projection, uh, you know, the topic is just fear itself, right? And probably a lot of people in this room have different uh, types of wisdom on how you can overcome fear. It's just fear itself, right? The only thing to fear is fear itself. Uh, but of course, don't be fearful about it. Just accept it as another kind of sense or form in your consciousness as anything else. Yeah, just observe. Okay. Anyone? Uh, wanna, yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to go off of what he was saying. Um, I, I read a post on Reddit that did say, which I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but like if you, when you're really silent, you can hear um, like your own internal bias frequency. And uh, one person suggested that uh, when you get to that stage, you could try, like, imagining a, a, a radio knob, like you were changing the uh, frequency of a station and just, like, try turning it up, and it'll help raise your vibration, and you can um, kind of skip that whole stage of uh, feeling like um, like entities or something is in the room with you, because I've had that happen to me a few times, actually, a lot, um, and it'll feel like, oh, I'll hear, like, footsteps in the room, like, it happens when I'm, like, halfway, basically, when I'm in sleep paralysis, when my mind is awake, but my body's asleep. And um, doing that has helped a little bit. And also, you know, I was going to ask you too, Gene, um, do you ever, like, sit there, meditate, and listen to the, your own internal frequency or the low pitch sound that you can hear and use that to yeah, help send your awareness? Because some, some people uh, don't, aren't aware of it. what you mean exactly by internal frequency. If you could elaborate uh, a little bit on that, it might help uh, answer your question a little better. It's like uh, when it's really silent, you can hear like this constant flow of sound, like like kind of like a vibration, but it's like energy, but it's like it's really subtle. It's not like very empowering, but it's it's there if you if you really like turn your attention towards it, like inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, like everything I've been saying. Uh, observing oneself, uh, it does not just include uh, thoughts, thoughts of language and what we hear, right? The workings of our consciousness and the our own structure of our self is made up of energetic occurrences. So when I say observe oneself, it's not just the thoughts, it's our feelings, our sensations, our emotions. Uh, you say frequencies, uh, you know, that's fine. That's how... Uh, it can it, it can come across that way too. Uh, I I suggest uh, look into Shabdi Yoga. S H A B D. Uh, it's all about listening to one's inner sound. They call it. That's that's how it's described. Um, and actually, just by listening to that sound within ourselves, because we're all we're all a kind of sound in a way, right? Um, we're always giving off like a, a very subtle sound. It might be difficult to, to understand, but, uh, just by doing that, uh, you can, you can, uh, astral project. So it's a, it's a Hindu yoga. It's called Shabdi yoga. It's a, a quite ancient. Uh, yeah. 
appreciate the answer to your question. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you said. And uh, I'll, I'll go to you, Joe, after. Sure. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I'm just, he had his hands up after, so I'll go to him after. Yeah. Okay, so um, you said those mantras are here for what exactly? Like, for what do we use the mantras? Like, uh, the mantra. Stuff like that. Uh, well, I don't. I don't think I have the capacity to uh, kind of describe uh, the true depths of what mantras imply. But uh, Om, for example, is a very ancient mantra coming from uh, uh, thousands of years of uh, like uh, Buddhism or from Sanskrit or something. Um, they're related to kind of vibrations or to connect with frequencies uh certain sounds that we create uh with our our mind or our vocal cords uh are meant to give off a specific purity or spiritual feeling right you know our word our the vibration and what we say is is overlooked right we're always all, we're all always talking um, we don't realize that we're making such complex sounds and what we say, uh, you know, creates our reality, what we speak and what we say. So when we start mandalizing, we kind of, we kind of break up that inner chatter and use our voices, the vibration of our voices in a more purer way, uh, a more kind of, uh, inhuman way, right? We're, we're connecting with we're trying to detach ourselves from our humanness and, and connect with other dimensions. Um, but I suggest just looking at research uh, more about mantras um, and the benefits of them. There's a lot of uh, information on that. I'm not uh, that uh, knowledgeable about mantras in themselves. Well, I could say something maybe about from purely psychological or, or scientific point of view, you know, any Thing that you spend any length of uh, time or any measure of energy on you know like um, doing something repeatedly well if you have this association of what the mantra means symbolically and then you again through go through this process of, of repeating that message to yourself then it's going to leave some kind of an imprint yeah. on even your psyche alone you know just from purely um, you know mundane uh, how does your brain work kind of perspective uh, that also has a, has a significance there. Um, but again, yeah, there's a lot of depth to this stuff. Um, but there's many reasons why yeah. it might be interesting. Uh, and again, if you're imprinting yourself with a message well, or an intention, um, you might be putting this powerhouse of the subconsciousness to work more easily. Um, well, that's one of the things people say or think about that, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joe, you had your hand up before, right? Yes. Um, yeah, just a quick question in regards to the uh, the pyramid graphic that you had up of the different uh, planes. Um, yeah. So something I've um, been thinking to myself uh, when I'm uh, thinking about a very similar graphic to this is that uh, the mental plane I always envisioned as being close to conscious dreams, but yet on your um, your 
diagram, it's actually much higher than that. So I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on what exactly is the mental plane? Maybe it's to you anyway, just maybe a brief description. Yeah. Because I think uh, I, I'm not understanding it as uh, you are. What, what did you uh, say you understood it as close to unconscious dreams? Um, maybe close to, maybe on the barrier between unconscious and lucid dreams. It's, I would say it's okay. over there. It's, that's what I have always thought of it as. Okay. Uh, I mean, so, uh, also going off Kabbalah as well. Uh, let's see here from what I was taught, of course, and Gnosticism. Can you see the mental plane, uh, the mental body here? in this, the sphere of Netzach, can you see? Astral body, yes. mental body. Yeah, mm -hmm. now I, I, I'm not exactly sure, uh, mm. you know, how correct it is or whatever, but what I understand as the, the mental plane is, I, I know it says the fifth dimension here, um, and, and the thing is, there are so many different kind of, kinds of um, descriptions of the mental plane and I've, I've experienced both. So I don't exactly know. And again, they're just terms. Don't get lost in them. That when you're out in the astral, you don't think where I am, you, whatever you're experiencing, you're experiencing. Uh, with that said, uh, I generally measure the, the mental plane as the sixth dimension. So you have the third dimension, which is of the physical. You have the fourth dimension, which is of time. And then you have the, the fifth dimension, which is above time and space. Therefore, you can kind of uh, traverse. There's no limits to space and time. So there's no, lim no limits to time. Uh, you can go in the past and future. And there's no limits to space. You can, you can, uh, there's no distance between things in space. Now, that kind of body of fifth dimension is surrounded next by the mental plane. Uh, and this is, that's the sixth dimension. It's something that is a lot more difficult to, uh, describe because the astral plane, like I've said, is still very much like the physical plane. It, ha it still has duality. It has the lower astral and the higher astral. People there are stuck in the kind of lower, uh, you know, thinking and higher thinking. But the mental plane is, is beyond that duality. It's something of unity. It's a much, much more enlightened place than the astral. Um, and sometimes when you go there, it can feel like everything is one. Uh, you kind of lose your form. Uh, you could have experiences of like fractal patterns. Uh, you could go in dimensions where there is just like, um, just, just kind of like geometry everywhere. Uh, or you can also go to dimensions which are very, um, very light, enlightened. Uh, there are just uh, kind of guides and masters and everything is kind of perfect. Uh, you know, think about the idea of heaven and what we as humans think of heaven, right? Something lovely. Uh, but then go beyond that and think about something that is beyond good and bad. Uh, but, and it's, it's like the mental plane. It's very, very difficult to uh, describe and go into. I am planning to make uh, a, a, ser a, a an in-depth series of each dimension. Uh, 
questions. So the third, fourth, can, fifth, can ask you though, seventh. Like in, um, uh, yeah. Where did you get this yeah. particular version of the of the trees with the dimensions and stuff? Because um, it's uh, a configuration yeah. I haven't seen before. I'm curious where you, where it's uh, from. Uh, so this one is, so I was part of a, a Gnostic group, um, and this one is of a of similar Gnostic group, not not mine, it's one in America. So I, I was in a Gnostic group in London, but this one is... Or, is or rather not? <laughs> that, uh, either is fine. Uh, you know, yes, yes. Glorian.com, org. Right. And most of the teachings are based off a, a master called uh, Samael Awun Veor. Yeah, Ash, oh, uh, sorry, boss, you had your hand up, right? Yeah, uh, I was. Yeah, I have a question about. Uh, I, I I searched in the internet. I found something. People talk about uh, reality shifting. You can shift your reality to go to any desired reality you want. I'm just saying is. This is another way of astral project, like you, you project, then you go to another dimension and like staying one year, two years, like whatever you want, and come back again to your body to continue your journey. It's just... It's funny you say this, boss, uh, because, you know, one of my yeah. last questions for the gene was going to be, uh, could you do some plain old TikTok and uh, Twitter myth busting, yeah, yeah. you yeah, know? Yeah. So there's all sorts of wild stories. I'm sure you've heard of them. In this case, you know, reality shifting to uh, yeah. I don't know Harry Potter or the Alien versus Predator reality. I don't know. <laughs> you know can you say anything about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's great, right? That on TikTok, there are so many of the younger generations that are really interested in this sort of kind of kind of more entertaining version of, of things. Um, I don't know where reality check, uh, sorry, reality check, reality shifting came from. Um, to me, it's kind of just a vague term. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it's just something I've spoken to people about it before. It, it's just something we do all the time. You experience it one moment, you have joy and you are in a higher dimension of consciousness. And the next moment you suffer and you're in a low dimension of consciousness. This is already shifting realities. Uh, just like I've described before, I've been in kind of a lower dimension and then we, we shift to a kind of higher one, a more sublime one. Uh, in another sense, we're always choosing what reality or what future timeline we will experience, right? We don't just have one, you know, you all will have your own future that had your own life. What you, what determines that is what you will, uh, you know, kind of connect to and, and choose to be in uh, according to your, your own psychological makeup, right? Uh, but of course, in astral projection, this is more visual, such as when you shift from one dimension to another. Um, if there's some proper definition of reality shifting, then let me know. Otherwise, I think the term is, is pretty much useless in a way. Uh, it basically sounds like the law of attraction. Uh, I'm not sure why so many people are, are really uh, talking about it all of a sudden. But, um, you know, I know there's also people going into Harry Potter and stuff. I mean, when it's coming from these incredible... Uh, like not credible teenagers who are just obsessed uh, it really sounds like you know they're just going off in their own imagination and dreams and it's really the opposite of the discipline that, uh, that you know that i'm talking about um sure if you want to at night 
experience many days or years of what you perceive as Harry Potter in a dream, then sure, you can do that. <laughs> uh, like I said, though, there's not much purpose to that other than having some fun and, and entertainment, which is fine if people want to do that. Um, and it can be experienced quite long in a way. For example, I've come out of body and I, I've come out of body and I've definitely had what felt like an hour outside uh, of my body. I was, I walked for very far, had many conversations. And when I woke up, I noticed only five minutes uh, passed. So there's a kind of time dilation there. As I said, the astral is above, the astral is a fifth dimension above the fourth dimension. Therefore, time is kind of fluid. Uh, it, it, we're, above, we're above time. Yeah, so I hope that kind of clarifies uh, reality shifting yeah. from my perspective. Yeah, I suppose, you know, it's good to remember that stuff like TikTok, people um, share things on there, not only because they want to spread good information, you know, there's also getting likes and, and followers and um, yeah. uh, entertainment, um, yeah. even delusion. So, uh, yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the first time that people take something very interesting, complex and profound and uh, make uh, something exciting. Uh, um, very brief little question. And that's, uh, so if time works a little differently, can you have a <laughs> I know Kung Fu moment where you go into, uh, you know, the astral, you learn things and then you come back and it's been like a long time and you've learned you've, you're a changed person. You've learned so many things in your astral travels, and, and then you come back to your regular body wiser. Uh, is that something? <laughs> well, yeah, I'd experience? like to think every, every time uh, we come back to the astral, we're always a little wiser. Uh, in my experience, I can't, I can't say that completely, but other people that I've spoke to, very, uh, you know, not just casual astral projectors, but you know, very serious people who've been doing it a lot longer than me. Um, have definitely had experiences like that. Um, th there's, uh, you know, some people who have uh, past lives would be a good example. You know, I know one person who had a past life and he, you know, he said he, he experienced what he felt like was years and it was such an emotional experience for him, such a personal experience that, uh, you know, he didn't want to you didn't want to share it. So I think past lives is a, is a good way to, as a good example for that. I've not personally uh, discovered mine as of yet. Um, and I've not even intended for it because, you know, there's just so much we can do and explore in the astral. Uh, but if I do, I will definitely put it on my, my channel. Uh, but yeah, I think past lives is a good example. And generally cool. knows, Interesting. Right. Yeah. knows this kind of experiences. You have this mystical epiphany. That's true. Yeah. Come back from that uh, a little yeah. wiser in, in some some kind of way. And that has many. I suppose yeah. so. I guess I, I was trying to get at the idea of like, like you go through a training regimen and like right. so you, in the astral, like come, uh, through in real life. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of it. I guess more in a sci-fi, uh, you know, uh, way. It's a fun thing to play with. But yes, uh, you know, gnosis and stuff like yeah. that coming back yeah. and actually knowing things. But uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. It's de you can definitely learn things. There. I remember when I didn't know about astral projection, uh, I would spend time uh, practicing the guitar in lucid dreams. And I'm sure that yeah. helped me in some way. Um, and also, 
uh, you know, kind of psychic abilities. Um, I never, I've never, you know, intended to have, you know, psychic abilities. I, I don't really care that much for them, but I did. Uh, it is kind of been a kind of, um, a, a realization or awakening, right? And especially, uh, you know, living at home, uh, say with family, uh, you start to develop a sort of, intuition and a clear feeling about uh what people are thinking and feeling uh, not in like a creepy way you just you know like um if someone is hungry or they're about to ask you something you kind of feel feel things that you feel or sort of hear things what people are going to say before they say it sometimes uh yeah cool yeah thank you yeah Anyway, I'm probably going to go in like uh, five or ten minutes. So, have we got some more questions before I go? Uh, I have two questions. Hmm. Just like, sort of, just I don't know. Again, I don't know if I've heard these already, but uh, I was just thinking, like, is just I know we're sort of been here for a while, so time probably isn't basically like the short version of the answer. Like, what do you think happens when we die? Then, and also, side question: Do you think if you can leave your body, can you then come back to a different one? If you wanted to do that. Okay. So, um, obviously, I can't speak from experience. Uh, I've not died <laughs> as, <laughs> as of yet. But just to kind of, um, like, uh, give you from my kind of experience of contemplation uh, of and from what I've heard from other astral projectors as well, what I've read and, and things I was taught in, in mysticism, um, I'll just give you, you know, flat out what I think happens when we die. Uh, it's, you know, I'm just speculating. Uh, I, I don't hold this as like a core belief. Uh, but a general outline is uh, when we die, uh, obviously we are suddenly uh, presented with the non-physical. And then... In the astral, uh, it's common, and it's very. This is very much uh, talked about in astral projection uh, books. That the soul, obviously, there's a shock, right? I, pe most people don't know the afterlife exists, uh, and then they die. And then in the astral, they can be seen as a kind of inside a kind of a cocoon, uh, and they don't. If you, you want to try to uh, contact them, you can't contact them because they're in they're they're in a kind of um, adjusting phase an adjusting period where you know they they're reviewing their life um they're coming to terms with death uh they're coming to terms with what they have to learn and then eventually uh the, they will be able to uh contact with you know start living in the astral world for a while talk to different people uh probably talk to their loved ones and friends and the, the connections that they have with other people uh those people will probably uh visit them in their dreams it's quite common to see uh loved ones in your dreams after after they pass away um and they will go they will still continue a process of learning actually when we die you know i nothing much changes right it's, it's you just lose your physical body. So uh, you just carry on learning. And then um, once you've learned everything, once you're ready, uh, you'll probably uh, go into another physical life to be born as a baby um, and and continue 
continue that cycle of the kind of the, the wheel of samsara. That's a very vague and generalized outline of, of what we go through. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you think we have the conscious choice to not go through the birth and death, you know, the recycling sort of, I mean, I've heard of that more of people, you know, being stuck in this cycle of birth, death, you know, so if you had the choice, could you like not, or do you believe that we have that uh, choice? I think the thing is, we're in, when we go into the astral, uh, we're in the same form, in the same ego, in the same personality. Uh, I think it's natural that we have to continue. And as above, so below, uh, I don't think we stay in the astral forever. Uh, I think the, the, the kind of the astral body deteriorates as well. It's not something permanent. So, yeah, I, I think, I think we kind of, maybe don't have a choice or we or we most people choose to go anyway uh mostly out of uh our attachments and love for uh friends and family and and things we want to you know continue um yeah in a way that's kind of depressing but from from, <laughs> it, from what I understand, you can see it that, that way. We we're making the choice to come back. It, it's just the problem has to do with forgetfulness. We we simply don't forget we made that choice to come back here. But I mean, in a way, we probably did a million times already. If and um, but I, I understand what he means. Like I also feel like once I die with this body. Like, I'm done. Like, I, I just wish to just stay in the astral and do whatever. But in a way, I already feel like my higher self or my astral self already has plans. And I won't have, like, maybe I'm already doing it right now. <laughs> and it's easy to feel trapped in this. And for, for me, it's not death that is scary or going through that process again. It's just the forgetfulness. It's like, okay, let's say I have another life. I don't want to forget about all the astrals and stuff and all the spiritual, um, not knowledge, but insight I got from this life. Like starting over, nobody likes to do that. And I think it has to do with not remembering and... I'm not at yes. peace with that, and maybe I'll come to it, but right now I just feel like it sucks to not remember. Yeah, I mean, like I've been saying, uh, it's important. That's why it's important to learn, right? Learn in this life. And if we just go about life, you know, not learning anything, uh, it's more likely we should come back and, and try again, right? Especially, you know, some people uh, commit suicide and. And, and all sorts of things like that. So um, it's important to to learn and become conscious of ourselves. Uh, almost sounds like okay. school. You know, they hold you back for a year if you don't learn the curriculum. Yes. It sort of sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, in a way, as above, so below, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nayala, did you, did you have your hand up? Yes. I was not sure if I can ask this question, but once I had a dream where I had a friend in this dream and uh, it was like we got chased and he went to another path because I told him go to another path and I was really worried about him and in the next day I was so worried he brought 
wrote to me, but I didn't write him anything or didn't tell him anything. And he was like, you know what? I got a dream and we got both chased and you told me to go to another path. And I did. And those guys tried to like do something. And I was really worried because uh, I got a lot of dreams. And do you know anything about that kind of dreams or? You mean you and your friend had the same dream, right? Yeah, we share the same dream. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I covered a bit about that in, in the, in the, the presentation. And there's also, I also have a video called, uh, shared dreams and non-shared astral projection. Uh, you can't yeah. see the, the slides. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Shared dreams is, is a thing. And as I said before, you know, we all come out of body every night. Um, and we can, uh, actually be in the astral unconsciously with other people, sometimes in a world of our own, our own dream world, or sometimes uh, we can be in actual shared environments. So yeah, it's, it's part of the nature of the astral. But what if those dreams come true? What about that? Uh, I mean, they are true already, right? Is, like if, if that person saw it and experienced it and you had the same dream, it already happened. It, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to manifest as, uh, what was it, a creature chasing you both? Like you already kind of experienced it. Um, there are such things maybe as uh, pre premonitions, uh, seeing the future, but I don't think that impl uh, applies to your Example. Well, not this one. Yeah. Well, you are most likely had just an uh, adventure together with your friend somewhere, another plane. <laughs> no, yeah. but it just realized when I had this dream, I just realized that nothing in this world is actually like, uh, it's more than what we experience, actually. That's weird. And that there are people who got protected by things. And that's interesting that I came here because I usually don't come here. And today you guys were talking about dreams. I was like, what the fuck? So... <laughs> yeah, it gets yeah. very nebulous and mystical. So, uh, yeah, maybe also a good reminder. Definitely. Uh, feet on the ground and head in the clouds, right? So uh, don't, don't lose yourself in all the interesting phenomena. Just... Um, keep at it yeah. when it comes to personal uh, evolvement. Yeah. It's it's a part of the, the trip. It's not the, uh, the end goal yeah. to get to the bottom of every experience, perhaps. Um, but that's just my mm, opinion. Yeah, definitely. Like Buddhists say, I think that was a comment Alias made some time ago, you know, the Buddhist cities, they are signs of uh, weird things that might happen, synchronicities or uh, almost you know, absurd moments that are, are uh, pointing to something bigger or, or weird going on. But hey, it's just a push in the right direction, like uh, a pat on the shoulder uh, and carry on with what you're doing. Um, just like before enlightenment, uh, chop wood, carry water, and afterwards do the same thing. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well said. I think after a while, definitely, yeah, synchronicities become kind of second nature. They happen to me all all the time and I've not, uh, I just don't give them any bother anymore. Um, right. I should go. Do we have one more question? Give me a, give me a juicy question. 
Okay, Mr. Jekyll. Uh, well, on the other side, when you're traveling, how have you encountered uh, any being that's like uh, in your prayer, when in the presence of the being, you are immediately feeling like a little kid? A little kid? Do I feel like a little kid in front of another yeah, being? Yeah, like, like, uh, like uh, you encounter this being and you suddenly know that it's uh, like a much more than, uh, than you and you feel like a little kid in front of it. Like you're asking uh, about yes. a very powerful being. Uh, yes. yes, I've had. Now, whether, you know, I'm not going to say they were actually them, but I've, I've experienced uh, the archetypes of uh, Buddha, um, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, and also uh, Anubis, right? The, the, the Lord of Karma. Um, now, whether they, they were actually those people or not, um, and also the uh, depictions of the, the divine mother as well. So whether they were, you know, actually them or not, the experience of them, uh, being in front of them and feeling the energy that I felt was something extremely uh, influential and, and powerful, uh, something that goes beyond words, uh, something, thing, you know, experiences that were very uh, personal. So, yes, in that sense, uh, yeah, something that kind of brings you to your knees, right? In a direct way. All right, thanks. Uh, maybe very last question, yeah. Dean. Um, could yeah. you maybe throw out there, again, some book titles, some thinkers or researchers, practitioners that have inspired you along the way? Things you think people should read? Yes. Uh, should check out, watch, yes, whatever? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I will just... Uh, so, uh, this is at the end of my book. So, recommended resources. As I've said uh, in the presentation, um, Jürgen Ziva, uh, read his books. They are so inspirational. They are not, um, they aren't direct techniques for astral projection, but his experiences, the way he understands them, um, are, are really profound. His name is Jürgen Ziva, uh, J-U-R-G-E-N and Ziva, so Z-I-E-W-E. -E. Uh, his first book called uh, uh, Multidimensional Man um, and another book called Vistas of Infinity. And he's he, uh, in Vistas of Infinity, he has repeatedly visited friends and family who have passed away uh, and he shares those experiences and the journey of their souls um, and he's very objective uh, very kind of scientific but also an artist uh, really inspirational i had experiences just from reading his books because just from the pure inspiration right that's what we we need inspiration a kind of motivation um and as I said in the presentation, uh, Hacking the Out-of-Body Experience by Robert Peterson. That book, I think, is the most comprehensive book on different out-of-body experience techniques. If you want step-by-step -step techniques, um, get that book, absolutely. You can uh, experiment with so many different kinds of techniques. Um, and of course, like I said, uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, uh, which is obviously not about astral projection, but it holds core teachings and values to living a more present life and coming to terms with our own 
consciousness and uh, directly experiencing it and knowing ourselves. Um, also, I think uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti is very good for that as well. Uh, if you're into the occult side of things, uh, esotericism, um, the website I gave before, glorian.org, uh, holds many of the teachings that I was taught in Gnosticism. Uh, but I think you need uh, quite an open mind for that because some of the material can be quite hard to understand uh, and easy to misunderstand as well. Um, for yoga practices, I recommend uh, Advanced Yoga Practices by Yogani. Uh, all of his content is free. Um, it's on ayp-site.com. So A-Y-P-S-I-T-E. Dot com, a uh, wonderful directory uh, of easy to read, authentic meditation and yoga practices. I uh, highly recommend those exercises and what he has to offer on there. Uh, if you're very interested in kind of more ma magical approach, uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you have heard of Carlos Castaneda. Uh, those were quite influential for me uh, when I was first starting. It's about a, a Western anthropologist who who uh, went to Mexico and he uh, got teachings from a Native American uh, shaman uh, who lived in Sonora, Mexico. Now, I read those books before I met my Gnostic teacher in London. And actually, um, a huge, probably the biggest synchronicity of my life Not again. That would be also oh, an interesting synchronicity. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I appreciate you, dude. I hope he will come back to say bye. Oh, there we are. Are you Are you still there? Oh, you survived. Amazing. Me. Sorry. You there we go. Oh, hold on. I'm here. I'm here. Amazing. All right. <laughs> yes. What, what's the last, yeah, what's, what's the uh, last thing? Uh, what's the last you, thing I said? You froze, secrets. you froze in the word synchronicity. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Oh, yes. The biggest synchronicity of my life is that um, when I met my Gnostic teacher, he was from Sonora, Mexico, and he knew uh, he knew Don Juan and his family. A lot of people will say, you know, Don Juan Matas is not real. Uh, well, you know, my, my Gnostic teacher uh, told me things about his family and, and his relatives. So that's a good uh, kind of um, good books. Uh, Carlos Castaneda is not uh, so enlightened, but the, the wisdom you can learn from uh, Don Juan is quite uh, is quite good and applicable as well. Um, yes, I think those are a good selection of books that have been helpful to me anyway. But as I said, personal practice, uh, self-inquiry, uh, uh, consistent practice, uh, remembering your dreams, meditating, um, contemplating, and being aware of your thoughts so that you're aware of your thoughts at night too, a.k.a. your dreams. And, uh, you know, go into that. Once you're, once you, once you start becoming aware of your dreams, lucid dreaming, uh, start going into kind of the awakening of consciousness and going beyond your dreams. So, yes. All right. Well, I think we should That's maybe it. wrap it up, uh, yeah. Jim. Uh, it's been uh, four hours almost. Yeah. Uh, really do oh, okay. appreciate it. <laughs> Time goes fast. Uh, yeah, yeah no let's, problem. Uh, let's throw some emojis, Thank you. folks. Thank you very much, Jim. It was a great <laughs> time.
thank you. That's so amazing. For everybody else here, if you um, <laughs> would like to see more of Gene's stuff, check out the Discord because uh, I'll be posting uh, links to um, his YouTube, his book, his um, Discord server, and so on. Um, also, <laughs> if you haven't joined the VR Mystery School Discord yet, please join it as well. You can stay in touch about our regular activities throughout the week, as well as our um, yeah guest speaker lectures such as these. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. And hope to see you all um, uh, next time. Oh, if you want yep. to quite... be a volunteer or a supporter, check out vrmystery.school slash support. Um, that's it for me. Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll be quite... Uh... I'll be quite uh, busy now. I'm in, I'm in South Korea. Uh, I'm starting a new teaching job, uh, but you know, maybe I can do some more events in the future here. It's been, it's been really fun. Uh, I would love to have you back, Gene. Uh, anytime <laughs> you, so. you want to stop by, yeah. uh, just uh, hit me up and uh, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Thanks again for, uh, yeah. for All your right. time and your uh, Thanks everyone. Your and good luck. And you can always reach me um, on my YouTube channel or in discord. Okay. Take care, Gene. Thank you very All much. Right. See you next time. Appreciate it. Yeah.